me make sure we got our panties on here. We have to wear our panties. I ain't wearing no panties. Panties is cool. Got to take. I'm free balling it. I like the panties because then you got to take them off. You know what I mean? Who says you got to take them off? You know what I'm saying? Oh, you slide them to the right. Nah. No, you get all nah, changed. That's good, shit. dude. Nah, I don't like that. That's the hotness. That's not the hotness. That's like, that's and I got, my daughter's watching American Idol. This this Elise girl's from your, your hometown, Jason. Yeah. Can, yeah, yeah. She's freaking horrible, man. <laughs> she is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I have ownership. I understand. <laughs> no, I understand that. But I'm just saying. And and you get Steven Tyler praising her. She sucks. She's yeah. she's so detached. It's like watching a zombie sing. You, that's what I was saying. Like, as people around here, are like, why don't why doesn't anyone ever vote for her? And I'm like, well, it's because she seems like she's totally disinterested. Right. Like she's got a deep throaty voice, but she doesn't have any like soul. She doesn't seem like she yeah. actually cares. Exactly. That's yeah. the whole thing. There's no connect there. Yeah. Plus, she's beefy. Yeah. Well, that's the whole Adele thing, though. That seems to be the in vogue thing. Yeah, I take Adele over her, though. Yeah. Well, Adele, I mean, Adele's, dude, Adele's thinning out, though. My daughter asked me yeah. what Adele's last name was. Oh, shit. I said computer. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Love it. Right. Here we go. Dude, you know. you're getting Adele. Uh, you're getting Adele computer. Three, two, and one. <clears throat> what about? 11 o'clock comics episode 210. There we go. Oh, yeah. That's like the uh, inauguration bell, the bell at the, what is it, the stock market when the bell rings. Ding, 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 ding. You're in. Induction. Did I say inauguration? Yes, you said inauguration. Yeah, that's not it. I'm not looking too forward to the next election at all now. Why does Ron Paul pull out? We really can't talk about it. I know, my boy. My, the savior of the free world just said, fuck it. You're on your own. Right. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> how, how about them comments? How about them? I got lots of them. I'm, ho I'm hoping, uh, well, we're not in yet that far yet. We still got a couple seconds. Yeah. I'm hoping that you, a couple of you, join me on this. Because it's pretty thick. Oh, well, oh, I bet it is. If it is what you're talking about, I think so, yeah. We'll have, we'll have some fun. Spoiler free fun. Everybody likes spoiler that. Free. How are you going to spoiler free this? I'm not going to. Go into the last issue too deep. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's about it. You can do everything without going to the last. You talking about the, the the series that's drawn by my boy? That's right. Who, who doesn't know you from Adam? I know, which is yeah. sad because I think he's the cat's ass. I it, really it, do. Your boy. <laughs> you know it. Yeah. Hey everybody, look around. It's eleven o'clock comics. I am a uh, very congested Vince B. A throaty. Yeah. Sexy beast, you. I yeah. am uh, not as congested, and I'm David Price. That's right. That, that's true. And since our uh, since we've lost our fourth co-host for an indeterminate number of, uh, of uh, episodes, I am uh, Chuck Woolery. No. Oh, two and two. You're not Chuck Woolery. Thank God. You're da David. <laughs> I'm David. You're, you're Jason <laughs> Wood, everybody. What Jason's in the house. And we have a guest tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. One of one one of the the uh, our true brothers. You've seen this dude on TV. I hope. Oh Christ! No, oh, you wow. have. You have. You've heard him on podcasts. Uh, he's on our forum. He's a big comic fan. Roundtable. 
It's the Mario Soros Erectus. Mr. Mario Muscar is with us today. What's up, what boys? Up? And he's got a hot smoking wife. Oh, Jesus. That way above his... his uh... Oh, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> we all have that in common, then, apparently. We do. We all marry above our station. We do. Yeah, it's, it's really the key to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. I don't know about that. Anyway. Isn't it, though? Very white. Wait, could any of us could any of us have our the lives that we are the could any of us enjoy our full geekiness if we didn't find a way to manage to marry above ourselves? You could, I think. No. No. no? My wife holds it down for me, dude. <laughs> really? I bet yeah. she I bet she keeps shit tight. Oh, she's she does. Dude, well, she knows yoga. Check it. Yeah. So you know you know she was away this week, right? So I had I was I had, you know, daddy duty. I she leaves, I I wake up, I come downstairs for the, the first day she's gone. On our dining room table, taped is a page for each day with an itinerary and to-do list. Awesome. Oh, that's great. Awesome. <laughs> and reminders at the end of each page saying, make sure you do this for tomorrow so that you don't have to rush around doing it in the morning. you got to love that. that. It was awesome. It was literally yeah, I mean, like, it was an FAQ in parenting. Nice. Do you ever I'm notice, not- um, sorry, that when Jason will talk you know sexy about ladies and everything but whenever you turn the tables and you just talk sexy about J- jason's lady he ain't having it he never does <laughs> he he backs up it's like ice water no way it's my, it's my girl dude. i know that's, you protect that's all right that's right i'm sorry mario up. what were you gonna no, say i don't even know i was just gonna say that uh oh i was gonna say this you know some guys would probably really uh some guys would probably get pissed off that they come down and have a list you know from their wife about what to do but that's like Man, that's all I got to worry about. It takes the thinking away. It was, it was effing great. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. I got the Plus gravy t- train in the white. In today's so uh, in today's uh, <clears throat> internet age and smartphone age, she uh, she was still like the conduit, even though she was away. Like she, uh, I guess my one of my sons got sick at school, wasn't feeling well, so like the school nurse called, but she called my wife's cell phone. So my wife, like you know, blam, she gets the message, calls me up while I'm on the road. She's like, hey. He's sick. Got to go get him. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Nice. So she was still like, yeah, coordinating in between margaritas. What's that that voice on the iPhone? Cersei? Siri. Oh, Siri. She's your Cersei. (laughs) So there you go. She's your conduit, but we have a conduit for you as well. well, I was going to say, I I just, if if I didn't have a list like that, I'd I'd hear about it when Renee got back if I screwed (laughs) anything up. So, yeah, I need the list. And here's your conduit to cheap comics. Amazing. Oh, nicely done. Sweet. Thank you. Discount comic book service, dcbservice.com, where you can get your favorite funny books and collectibles at huge discounts far below retail. Get this. Uh, the bundle of the first four number one issues of Before Watchmen causing a lot of controversy on the Internet. You want to get it on the ground floor on this? You can do it four for the price of one. That's 75% off. It's only going to cost you three ninety nine. Oh, my God. Steve Gerber's last Man-Thing story, It Is to Weep. The Infernal Man-Thing, drawn by Mr. Kevin Nolan. Cover price, three ninety nine. Uh-uh, buck ninety nine at Discount Comic Book Service. And last but not least, Ted McKeever's Mondo Trade is currently on sale for $7.99. That's half off cover. You're not going to find it cheaper than that anywhere, not even on Amazon. So just don't even waste your time looking. Go to dcbservice.com. They have everything you need right there. And if you're a first-time customer, you can add the following uh, code into the slot and get an extra 8% off. David, what's that code? EOC8. 
Oh, whoop, whoop. strong, resoundingly strong. EOC 8, that's it, extra 8% on top of already massive discounts. It's a no-brainer. DCBService.com. Get you there. You know it. Yeah. Respect. What else we got? Well, you know what else we got, Vince? What's that? We got the Super Wild Pig Show. Yeah. Squeal like a pig. You know it. So listen, I know people think party... They think Piscataway, New Jersey. Oh, I mean, I know absolutely. I do. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mario, right? Am I right? In my yeah. pants. Oh, yeah. right? yep. Mario's coming from West Virginia for this for this joint. Mm. Uh, Embassy Suites, Saturday, May 5th, Sunday, May 6th. Emphasis on the F. Super Wild Pig Show presented by Chris Eberly, the owner-operator of Wild Pig Comics, and uh, our boys at uh, Comic Geek Speak. They are throwing a little shindig that weekend. Um, opens at 10 a.m. both days. I think on Saturday it closes at 6. On Sunday it closes at 5. Uh, we've been talking about it for a while now. It's uh, it's going to be insane. 60,000 back issues. 60,000. It's Six a lot zeros. of comics. It's a lot of freaking comics. Uh, yeah. 50 cents a piece. Talking about Silver Age, Bronze Age, Modern, all of that. All of that in a bag of chips. In fact, I think you get a free bag of chips in the door. <laughs> don't say that. You're like, where's my chips? <laughs> That's true. You don't get your chips. chips when you go yeah, I, can, back. I can hear Daryl. I can hear Daryl right now being like, where are my chips? Where are my where damn chips? chips? Yeah, where are my damn chips? No, but uh, it is free comic book day, though. So if you pre-order in the uh, in the Moisten slot at uh, wildpigcomics.com, uh, if you pre-order tickets, it gets uh, $10 uh, if you pre-order. You will be entitled to getting a special cool guy line at the beginning of the show, and that will entitle you to the first dibs on the free comic book day stuff. And as I understand it, Chris is going to have copies of just about every, at least some number of copies for just about every free comic book. Um, there are also going to be three or four raffles, which are redonkulous. He has them every time. There's going to be absolutes, omnibuses. There's going to be uh, Romita Artist Edition this time, a bunch of statues, um, We've gone over the guest list a bunch of times. There's going to be uh, everything from uh, David's boy, Peter David, to Vince's boy, Jim Calafiore. To, uh, <laughs> damn, damn gravity. <laughs> to, <laughs> sorry, I lost my train. <laughs> to legitimately our boy, J.K. Woodward. Uh, to, uh, to, uh, um, no, seriously, sorry. not for nothing. I don't mean to interrupt. Not for nothing. Every time I see J.K. Woodward, he, the dude looks different. It's like, is, Every is he time. haunted? He's is, a chameleon. Is, he really just, I, oh man, last week, uh, at C2E2, it was Mohawk, blonde Mohawk. And, yeah. and just, well, you know why that is, right? To get away from Daryl? No, you have you're on the right track. And see, people see J.K. Woodward with Daryl, and then he wants to, you know, Distance himself from Daryl because it's Daryl, right? So he changes his physical appearance. I love yeah, it. People keep seeing him. He got changed again. But do you know who? In all the times we've gone over this list, you know who I have not mentioned, and it's a damn shame I haven't mentioned his name. Who? Don that? McGregor. Oh, I know. Uh, big big that's name. My boy, Black Panther. That's my boy. Saber. I got to talk to the dude. Got to get something signed from him. I don't know what I'm going to get signed from him. It's something. You can get uh, probably the whole run of Saber for like two dollars. No, nah, it's got to be something Black Panther though. Yeah, Jason, it's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Saber's black. It's kind of the same. Oh, my God. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, they all look alike now, huh? This <laughs> is not endorsed by the other hosts of 11 O'Clock Comics. So, uh, so seriously, though, it's wildpigcomics.com. Uh, as I said, uh, you can pre-order, uh, which would be $10 for the weekend. If you choose not to pre-order, shame on you. But if, you know, spur of the moment you decide to come along, they still welcome you. It's $10 per day at the door or $15 for a weekend pass. I believe children... Get in free. I don't know what the cutoff is, but let's say uh, 
I don't know. Let's say preteen. I don't have. I don't have it written down. What the? Uh, oh, here you go. Children under twelve are free. So there you go. So I was right. Um, you nailed it. Yeah, I nailed it. Uh, and if you happen to be down for uh, hanging out for the whole day and night, they're having a after party on Saturday at O'Brien's Tavern. For those of you that have been to Wild Pig before, you know that name because Danny O'Brien is uh, one of Chris's good friends and has worked at the store forever. And her father owns an Irish pub in in uh, Somerset, and uh, so he is graciously. I think closing the doors of the pub and uh, and having it uh, private for, uh, for for anyone that uh, wants to partake. Wow, so, that's dangerous. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. So hook it up. Um, like I said, it's two weeks away. Uh, I will be there. Um, I'm hoping my co-host with the most will attempt to be there, although I'm not sure yet, but uh, I will certainly uh, be there with Bells on Saturday and uh, hope to see you all there. Hey, guys. This is John again, Third Coast Detective. Now I'm out here at Dark Tower Comics here in Chicago. Here I met a two-legged pit bull in the back of the store. His name was Pujols. He told me Chris came in distraught that his favorite player was no longer on the St. Louis Cardinals. He also found out that Chris had never actually read a comic in his entire life and was just making it up the entire time. I don't know what's going on here, but there's some strange happenings going on in Chicago. But I'm still on the hunt. I'll keep you guys posted. Cool. Just just to clarify, I really like Calafiori stuff. It's just that the New Exile stuff, it's like a different artist drew it. Okay. And Countdown. Yeah. And okay. Countdown. All right. Yeah. But, the, I mean, the Valiant stuff and is bad. I, I have I just, a double like from stuff. him hanging in my, uh, in, my, in my gallery, so I can't front. No, he's good. It's just that I, I was very surprised when I, when I read the, the credits on that New Exile stuff that it was his work because yeah. it doesn't look yeah. like his, his stuff at all. Just, oh, I get that. I get that. And you got to be good to be on Chris Campbell's Batman Jam piece. So it's true. true. It's true. True. All so right. um, as people probably know, our our fourth co-host uh, is on walkabout, and if I understand, Vince, we've gotten a few a few reports about where we, he is, right? Exactly, and you'll be hearing oh, them this episode. And and people, you know, he's going on one of those Superman esque worldwide walkabouts. So if you have seen Chris, by all Which, means, give our, <laughs> our hotline a call and let us know what what you uh, saw him doing and where he was. Right. Uh, and that number is... We have a new number, right? What's the number? We sure do. David, tell them the number. Ah, he's, uh, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> uh, 206-666-3612. Those nice. last four digits are 3612. That's right, because awesome. I talked over it, because the 666 always gets me excited. Yeah. So and should we ask our guest what we're what he's drinking? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, Mario, what you got? Call. Um, I am drinking. Well, Layered you know, <laughs> yes, yes, I am absolutely. <laughs> um, no, I am. Uh, you know, even though it doesn't feel like it yet, I'm 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 thinking summer with my drinks mm-hmm. recently, mm-hmm. and uh, in the summer I have two favorite drinks, and I'm drinking one of those tonight, and so, that so is. Yes, warm, <laughs> sticky. Okay. Um, uh, Hendrix and tonic. Nice. Um, what is that? Hendrix is just a small batch, uh, handcrafted gin from I think Scotland. Cool. Does it have a purple haze? It does not. It no, should. but it, that I never even thought about that. Um, so I'm just drinking you know, a little Hendrix, a little tonic water, and some uh, cucumber. To garnish. Look at wow. you! Wow, you're doing it up. Oh, Respect. Wow. <laughs> really, who really who stepping in for Chris? I was going to say, who knew that they bred metros in West Virginia? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> cucumber. Uh, Leave him alone. Leave oh, you, have, you have to have cucumber with, with the Hendrix. I didn't it's know that. 
it's infused with cucumber, so the cucumber uh, oh. garnish brings it out. Well, there you go. Nice. And then you can have a little snack while you're uh, drinking it. You know, I would ask Vince what he's drinking, because, but first I have to say that uh, although I wasn't at C2E2, I did see the pictures of him, and <laughs> all those weeks of drinking water during the drink roll call and disappointing Chris have certainly paid off, because Vince is one sexy bastard. It, no, not yet. Um, I'm getting kind of torqued because it's slowing down. I, I lost, uh, I was shedding the pounds pretty quickly initially, and now it's like, uh, just to lose one or two, it's killing me. It's okay, yeah, you plateaued, but you just got to keep working through it. I got to start running again. That's what it is. Okay. So what are you drinking? Anyway. Are you drinking water? Yeah. Fuji apple pear. So oh, do life water. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wait. Wow. Life water? How's that first sip? That's gone now, so the, the rest of it will never taste as good. Right. It's as true. soon as you realized Jennifer Aniston drank it, you figured you had to get some? Oh, I would love some of that. <laughs> oh, yes. I would love, love some of that that everyone in Hollywood's been up in. So That's yeah, okay. That's all right. That? I've been in a lot of hotels, too. They I sleep the same way. That's all right. You know I mean? <laughs> so, David, what are you drinking? Oh, man. Courtesy of uh, Southside Eric, who uh, looked for us at uh, C2E2 on Saturday while while Vince was getting his wonderfully awesome tattoo. Um, he handed uh, Vince... A box set of music, and he handed me a bottle of uh, La Granja 360 from Spain. Uh, it is a uh, it is a red wine, and it is pretty tasty. It's got a little bit of a bite, more more than uh, maybe what I'm I'm used to or what I was expecting. But uh, it is really good. I'm going to look for this when I am out and about um, looking for wine. So thank you very much for this, Eric. And it's got a uh, funky looking flying pig. On the uh, on the label, nice. so you know it's kosher awesome. for Passover. So yeah, just like and it's uh, in keeping with a wild pig. Uh, exactly, uh, it's, it's conceptual. Yep, it is. is. And if you'd like to hear the origins of uh, what some of the things David was alluding to, you can go to our forum. Forum no, www.11o'clockcomics.com. It'll look take you right there. It's the pipeline. Uh, go to our forum and look for the episode thread for last episode, which was 209, and you can see a bunch of links there that gets you some extra content. David and I on the road, uh, um, a powwow with Mario and Zach Krusey and a bunch of other people. Uh, Atom was there and Chris, of course, and, and Sal, everybody. Sal um, talking just cra- Well, I can't even say Sal yeah, crazy. Crazy talk. Yeah. It is redundant. Yeah, he always talks crazy. Yeah. I, I think that's just to incite people. That's what it is. It's true. Particularly it's true. It can't me. Be true, right? Talking smack about Blade Runner, that shit. That, I know. That just can't be true. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to forget that that happened. Like, seriously. Good move. I, yeah. So they're I free. Think Sal just likes to be contrary to. He does. does. You know. He does. But it's a good thing though because he brings he 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 invigorates your your uh, your mental processes and he gets you going and he gets you trying to counter everything he's throwing at you. We just if we all agree, it'd be a boring friggin' show, right? You got a point. You got you a point. I agree. Yeah. Oh, look at you. <laughs> so, um, I, I, all joking aside, in honor of our of our brother who isn't here, I figured I would drink something that would put a smile on his face when he listens back, assuming he listens back. So, I am drinking uh, a beer from one of his favorite brewers, Magic Hat. Oh, I am drinking the uh, Magic Hat Vinyl, which is their spring uh, lager. Ooh, I haven't it's, had uh, that. It, it's good. It's an amber lager. It's about five percent alcohol. It uh, it's nice. It's it's it's. Um, I really I love I love lagers. I know some like beer aficionados like scoff at lager, but it's uh, you know lagers are by design nice and uh, you can pound a lot of them. They they go down smooth. They're you know they're not meant to sort of be. They're not they're not meant to feel like a meal unto themselves. Um, and Chris uh, would probably call is, that a session beer. 
Well, there you go. But yeah. no, it's really this is really good. Those? This is first time I've actually had this uh, magic this particular uh, brand of uh, this particular uh, magic hat. Uh, but uh, it's awesome. I'm not quite sure why it's called vinyl, but uh, but it's uh, it's pretty pretty great. So. Is it hoppy? No, not well, not particularly. No, I mean it's uh, it's like it's like an amber lager. It's like a. I'm trying to think if I can compare it to something else. Um, maybe like a. Uh, I, I guess like a. If you were to mix, if you were to mix Ying, if you were to take a bottle of Yingling and a bottle of Sam Adams and pour them together, ooh, mix it up with a stir, put a cucumber in it, tastes like that. <laughs> nice. All right, let's get into the comics. What are we going to talk about we're first? We're supposed to talk about comics today? Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Maybe right. we should let our guest go first. I think we should. Oh, really? You want to get into that, huh? Yeah. Why not? Start it off with a bang. Bring, okay. bring it. Well, um... S'il vous plaît. Yes. Here's what I read recently. Um, I read a book called Catalyze. Um, it's by a gentleman named Pierre-Henri Gaumont. Um, it is a French language book. My, uh, one of my buddies, um, Jean-Pierre is a French, uh, you know, he's an, uh, he's American, but he is a French descendant and, uh, he goes back every year usually. And when he was over there this year, he said, you want to bring it home or anything? And I said, yeah, yeah, bring me home like a comic, bring me home like a, you know, like an album. Cause I've never, you know, seen any of that stuff and it's, you know, supposedly pretty prevalent over there, right? Mm-hmm. So this is what he brought me home, and um, it's uh, it's like an album. It's I, I think what they you know what they call an album. It's typical. It's very much looks about the size and design of um, you know the Jack Tardy books from uh, Fantagraphics. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, it's got the same kind of like printing on the hardcover. You know, there's no dust jacket. It's all printed on the hardcover. Excellent. Um, and um, he got it for me last summer, and I just now dove into it uh, about two or three weeks ago. But uh, my reading comprehension of French is, you know, it's pretty decent. And I supplemented with some Google Translate. Oh, nice. Uh, That's actually a lot of fun to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And um, I actually Don't also downloaded... do Jeff. I downloaded an app, too, that uh, I was able to speak the words, and then it would do a little bit of translating, so it's a little quicker than typing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you know, even even with the translating, you still miss some of the nuance. I'm sure, um, you know. Uh, but uh, it's a it's a it's a psychological thriller. It's uh, it's about this. I won't go into too much detail, but it's uh, it's about this guy who works for this financial firm in Paris. Uh, I think his name's Lionel. Yeah, and uh, he's a bit of a loser, you know, and he's not terribly good at his job. He lives with his friend um, Celine, who's this little hottie. Who he is secretly in love with, uh, and uh, she's moving away, and he doesn't have the guts to tell her how he feels. And he's like, you know, he's like the typical arc archetype of of the guy who's like just letting his life pass him by. Uh, he's not like good at his job. He's not a good accountant. Accountant, um, but his boss, who's a real prick, sends him away on this uh, this job in this like distant village outside of Paris. Um, to go audit this company that is connected to the company he works for. Um, he's having some trouble while he's there, so they send this other guy, Simon, to help him out. And uh, Simon is the complete opposite of, of Lionel. He's a radical. Uh, he, he used to be like an extreme left activist, you know, probably like Vince. 
There you uh, go. <laughs> um, he's real fervent, like in his work, and he's um, he he he's kind of convinced that uh, the company that they work for is up to no good. Um, and without getting too much spoilers, you know they um they uncover things about the company they work for, stuff they weren't expecting. Um, ah, it's very I, yeah. I'd but, say your your French comprehension is pretty damn good there, buddy. Um, you know what? It's not it's not super dialogue heavy. I mean, there are pages without any dialogue at all. Um, Gamal's artwork he is he's a he's a pretty really pretty good cartoonist. You how know? do you sp- I mean, how do you spell that, Mario? His last name? Yeah, is Gamal G O M O N T. It's Pierre Henry uh, Gamal, and the book is Catalyze C A T A L Y S E. Um, but his uh, he's his. his <laughs> He has a thin line um, on his work. He's a bit, I would say, take Charles Burns, throw in a bit of Tardy, wow, and a little bit of uh, what's the guy that did the Smurfs? Peo. Oh, uh, it's you know it's like it's got he, he, very rounded noses, cartoony noses, but um, some of the other stuff looks kind of realistic. Um, in fact, all the noses are very, like the boss's nose is boss's nose is extremely pointy, and you know I think it I think it says a lot about the character, you know characters because your main character's nose is big and round and soft because he himself is soft, and his boss is real pointy and angular. Yeah, I never even realized that until I just said that. Okay, um, it's not you know it's not realism, but it's not um, I don't know Aragones either. You know, right. Um, mm-hmm. It's got good, really, really, really good coloring. It's, glo- it's gloomy, which evokes the mood, but there's also some really good use of pastels in here. Wow. Um, See, because whenever yeah. I think of French album, for for the most part, I always think of black and white because they have that. That a lot of them have that really heavy uh, chiaroscuro. I can't even speak. Chiaroscuro. chiaroscuro style, like with the heavy blacks mm-hmm. and and the and the stark whites. And that, like, Ed- Eduardo Rizzo seems to be influenced by that yeah, it's band of, of French artists. But when you say color and pastels, wow, I got to see this. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, I think that the gloomy color with the pastels, it reflects, you know, like Lionel's shit life in the situation he's in. Yeah. Um, but, the you know, the first read-through was tough because um, of the French. I, read, I, read, I went through it twice because mm-hmm. of the, my French. And then um, also what the character does at the end is kind of unlikable. To some degree, um, but you know, reading through it the second time, I realized that the book—I removed myself from the character and realized the book is more like a look at how crappy things can be in in, in human life. Um, it's not an uplifting book by any means. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, but a lot you know, of sex? when I was first, no, no, no sex whatsoever. He oh, wants. Oh, he's lost, Vince. No, yeah, okay. sorry, Vince. He wants. He, you know, he's real hot for his his his. Uh, his roommate, but she leaves uh, halfway through it. He ends up looking at pictures of her on Facebook, kind of like you know, like like oh, Facebook. Oh man, he's a wreck. A bit. Yo, yeah, yeah, he's a wreck. Um, but um, yeah, it's really good. I don't know. I don't know if it's, you can get it through any uh, Amazon. Or I anything just checked. Like that. I mean, it's. I'm not seeing like I'm. I'm seeing it just only like the links are only to like the French Amazon site. Yeah. So yeah. Um, well, there are, are alternative means of getting that probably. Mm. The uh, the title, Catalyze, or however you would say in French, I don't know. Um, it 
at first I thought I didn't even I didn't look it up, but I thought it, it translated as catalyst, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which in that case would be um, the character Simon, the um, the the friend or the the coworker of the main character who is the the extremist, um, because he drives uh, Lionel to a place where Lionel would not have gone before. He is a you know he is a catalyst. Uh, who changes Simon to do things that he would never do. Um, but I guess the actual translation is, is, I looked it up just a little bit ago, is catal- catalysis, catalysis, whatever, like catalytic converter, like, cat, you know, oh, okay. the actual act of it, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know. Like catalysis. Which guess, yeah, which um, which actually I guess would refer more to Lionel because he is, it's, it's the act of changing. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. It's, it's a, it, you know, it's how, it's how he, ch- it, it's ultimately a story about how he changes Based on his interactions with this guy Simon, um, like, how, you know, how, many, how many pages is it? A is it a meaty book or is it relatively short? It's um, I'd say it's. I mean, oh, they are numbered. Yay for them! Um, <laughs> it's a hundred and ten pages. Okay, and um, you know, uh, obviously not knowing French, it took me. A, I mean, I could have got through it quicker because there are pages without dot, no dot, any dialogue at all. Mm-hmm. But the um, you know, you ever have the reading it? It made me think of. Like you ever have those people, um, maybe in high school or, or college, early adulthood, like, or maybe you were this person that you ha- you hang around with someone who is a bit more rebellious than you, mm-hmm. maybe like a bit more radical and more outspoken, and it just makes you feel it makes you feel that way, and then soon you're the one who's speaking out against um, injustice or protesting or, or whatever. That's basically what happens here, except Lionel. Lionel's that dude that does that, but then goes farther than the original guy and takes it way too far. Um, but it's it's you know it's great. You know he's a he's a, he's a schlump, but he um he becomes something at the end. Um, you know it's uh, sounds, sounds like the Rhine runs deep, huh? Yeah, yeah. it's not There's the same in the plot, book. but I, when I was reading, it, I had a feeling of like. Um, Christopher Nolan's Inception, you know that movie? Like, um, yeah, sure. It had, that, it had that kind of mood to it when I was reading it, like okay. a trapped, uh, depressed feeling, um, like situation was out of your control. Um, but yeah, it's it was it was it was really good. Um, it's published by a company called Manolo Sanctus. If that helps anybody, Manolo Blahnik. I got to get the hook yeah. on this book. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at some of the uh, just the images from just you know doing an image search, but. Uh, yeah, I can see what you mean. You can definitely see a little bit of the, the tardy and the figure work, but you see, you're right. The, the the facial features are definitely a little bit more, uh, yeah. you know, exaggerated. Particularly right, the yeah. noses. Uh, like I'm guessing, I don't, yeah, I haven't read the book, so obviously, so I don't know. But the, you mentioned that the boss has like this really pointy nose, and there's a couple scenes I'm looking at here where the guy has this really ridiculously pointy nose. I'm assuming that's who you're talking about, but yeah, he has me glasses, favor. Strong glasses. Save the link. Send me the link for those images okay. so I can include them on the right, cool. the thread for this episode. Mm-hmm. Yay! Nice, but yeah, great colors. Great. Uh, he's a really good cartoonist. He, there's there's one there's one two page spread where he does a bit of a, uh, you know, the old uh, family circus where the the kid I forget what the son's <laughs> name was would be walking home and it would have the dotted line of everywhere he went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a there's a cool double page spread of that as he's walking through a factory. <laughs> David said Jeffy. <laughs> it, well, Je- no, well, well, Jeffy was Is that the, his name? the middle child. Yeah. No, yeah. B- Billy was the oldest. Billy was the blonde. Oh, because he's, he's the one who usually had the dotted lines. Yeah. <laughs> I do not remember that cartoon very well. You don't remember the Family Circus? 
I mean, I remember it, but I don't remember like anything about it other than the 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 character, like the way the characters looked. I don't remember. Okay, much about. all right. <clears throat> what was the name of the ghost that always caused problems? Was it like no one? Not not me, and I didn't know. <laughs> Hilarious! Wow, he knows his Bill Keen, doesn't he? Man, he's up in there. Wow, comic strips, I guess. I don't know. Nice. Well, there Check are people it. who argue that uh, Family Circle is not a comic strip because it's only Family one Circus. channel, yeah. right? Right. Mm-hmm. That, what did I say? Family Circle. Family Circle. Family Circus. Mm-hmm. But it is. The, all the it action. Is, so, uh, the, the, yeah, there, there's a passage of time within the panel borders. Because, well, because it's one panel doesn't. And it's it's that one circle. So, I mean, something that happens in the circle, the caption underneath what the mother or father or grandma, whoever says it, it, it it's, it's usually after the action in the panel. So you're saying that the gutter is actually the space between the caption and the panel. It can be, yes. Look at you. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this got to go in the show notes. Bill freaking Keen. Bill Keen. Hey, <laughs> that'll help our SEO. That's right. <laughs> All right, so let's let's keep moving here. What do you want to talk about now? Do you want to get into it before I get all crackalacking? Well, let's I'm worried you're going to get crackalacking yeah, in the I'm middle of it. All right. So why don't one of you go then, and then as soon as all you're right. done, I'll jump in. Well, I want to talk about something that I watched instead of something that I read. Oh. That's fair. But it's something actually about that. that it's it's uh it's something that's actually quite germane to the uh, to the to the uh, concept of reading comics. Uh, I watched uh, this week the newly released Comic Con episode four, A Fan's Hope, which is the oh. documentary by noted documentarian Morgan Spurlock. Yes. Uh, who uh, spent uh, recorded six hundred and fifty hours. Of footage at uh, San Diego Comic Con 2010. And when did you watch been... that? When did I? Where did you is it on disc or? Uh, I watched it on my on iTunes. I got it off iTunes. Okay, all right. Yeah, I rented it off iTunes. Um, and uh, the, I mean, the one complaint I will say is that it was six bucks to rent. So, <laughs> but I figured for the sake of the show, it was justifiable. Is that uh, high? Uh, yeah. What's that? Is yeah, that it's high? usually like two two ninety nine for a non HD to rent. Yeah. Oh. So it was double the price, but but whatever. Um, it'll probably come down. I'm guessing it's because it's like in limited release right now. Sometimes they do that with with stuff like this, and then it'll go down to the normal price after a certain period of time. But um, anyway, so so for those who know Morgan Spurlock, I mean he um he uh his probably most famous thing was Super Size Me. That's what put him on the map, which is back in 2004, and he ate nothing but McDonald's for 30 straight days and chronicled um his body deteriorating over that time. And he's since done a bunch of other documentaries. So. Um, I find him pretty humorous. I mean, he seems like a pretty smart, witty guy, and he's not like a Muggle Moore that, you know, has a such a deeply seated political agenda. That again, you. I mean, I know I've seen Muggle Moore's stuff is obviously has an agenda, whereas I think Spurlock's stuff, other you know, doesn't. Sometimes it may have an agenda, but it's much more. Um, at least it struck me as, as much less serious. You know, like he's he takes interesting takes on things, but it's not necessarily with some big overarching message. It's just kind of because he thinks it would be something that people would find interesting. Um, so like I said, he, he's, th- th- this, since he filmed this in 2010, I mean, there's been a lot of discussion of the release of this film, and uh, I think a lot was known about the things that he was going after and the people he had uh, involved. It was, I don't know who financed it completely, but the producers were listed as uh, Stan Lee, Joss Whedon, and uh, Harry Knowles, which is a pretty eclectic wow. trio. Wow, wow. 
Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I don't. Again, it's hard to know who paid for what or whatever. But, but they are certainly involved in some way in terms of putting the film together along with uh, with Spurlock. Um, and unlike all of Spurlock's other documentaries, he doesn't appear in the film at all. Um, oh. and, and I actually did in in researching it uh, to talk about tonight. I uh, I came across an interview where someone asked him about that, and he said he just felt that I mean, he he had no intention of going into it to not appear in it, but uh, but he said that as he started constructing the movie it just became so much about the chronicling of the the fans journey and that the, the comic-con is so much about the fan that he didn't really just feel there was a place for him because even though he's a comic fan and that's why he was there it's just he didn't feel like he was of the degree of fandom or in the business enough to warrant being in it so i gotta respect him for you know at least having like self-realization to you know break the mold of what you know his 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 own fans have become accustomed to which is him to take a central role in his documentaries um so it's it's basically follows um like five or six different subsets of of fandom um at Comic-Con and tries to paint a tapestry of of the uh of the convention um through them there's um pr- probably the the least interesting and, and 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 least focused on is a guy who's an action figure collector and his story is pretty pretty quickly resolved where he he he's his whole goal of Comic-Con that year was to uh to get one of those, um, I remember seeing that they were going to do this was one of those exclusive Marvel, um, like super big Galactus figures. You know, there was like a 30 inch or something like Galactus action figure. And it's basically like his journey and how hard it is to get these toys and that sort of thing. And his, you know, his man cave, which has all these different action figures and how his wife doesn't understand it and thinks he's weird. But, you know, he opens up his gun safe and he pulls out these, you know, mint in box figures that he says are worth thousands of dollars and that sort of thing. Um, and he's, I would say, again, almost like a. I, I almost hesitate to say that he's part of the, of the focus of the film because unlike the other five subgroups, his his story kind of comes and goes in like a ten minute span. Um, the rest is sort of interstitially composed, and there's, um, there's the, the most famous is certainly Chuck Rosansky, who people probably know uh-huh. as the uh-huh. the founder of Mile High, and that's really where I first heard of this because I subscribed to Chuck's email newsletter for Mile High. And when they were filming this, he talked about it a lot. I mean, quite a bit. And it sounds like they spent a, like probably a, a hundred hours filming Chuck. And it's interesting when you consider that in the the final documentary it was about ninety minutes long, and Chuck's probably on screen for fifteen to twenty of those minutes. So you think about all the footage, right, that they have to choose from to yeah. make interesting, right? Yep. Um, and this was the year again. If people are familiar with Mile High, this is not new news. But for those that don't know, Mile High is the one of the oldest and certainly the largest online. Uh, wholesalers of comics. Chuck has arguably one of the most valuable collections and certainly the largest collection known. I mean, he's got over, I think, 8 million comic books. Um, and in this particular Comic-Con, Chuck is offering his most prized comics for sale because they've kind of got a bit of a financial crunch, most notably Red Raven number one which is one of the oldest known Marvel comics, and Chuck has the best-known copy, which is 9.0. Wow. And it's his prized possession. So he brings it to the con, and he's looking to sell it for no no less than $500,000. But he really doesn't want to sell it. Like, he doesn't want to sell it at all. uh, He's hopeful that he can make enough money um, at the show that he doesn't have to sell it, but but, but he's open to it because his wife, who is kind of the bookkeeper for their business, you know, has been clear that they need the money. So it chronicles that, and it chronicles Chuck's views, and he's he talks a lot about how San Diego's changed over the years, and how 
he feels like they're pushing the retailers out of the business, and it chronicles how on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of the con, they're not making any money, and he's feeling that there was a rule that they're going to take a big bath, you know, and that sort of thing. And and um, and it was interesting, you know. I mean, Chuck's a very – anyone that's been to a con and collects back issues has seen him and kind of probably knows him to be a character. I mean, he's he's an interesting, quirky guy, so it makes sense that Morgan would have picked him to, to do. Yeah. Um, he also finds two aspiring uh, pencilers. Um, one is this really, I would almost say, stereotypical geek. And, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but I mean he's – like if, if someone was to watch this movie that wasn't connected to our culture, this guy would probably be how they would picture someone. He's – you know, his parents met at a Star Trek convention and he was raised a geek. He works in a, a science fiction bar in the Midwest. He has a flash tattoo on his arm. Hmm. You know, he's he, – he's, <laughs> you know, he wears skinny jeans. Like he's just – he's – He's someone probably that would fit the stereotype of what people think of as a geek, and it's and he's it's his goal to you know break into comics as a penciler. And then there's another guy who's very atypical of I think what the people would think of, and he's a um, an Air Force, uh, and he's, in, he's a member of the Air Force, and he is uh, married with kids, and he's a very devout Christian and uh, like very sort of straight laced, and he too is an aspiring penciler, and so. Uh, Morgan interweaves their journeys to Comic Con, and 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 um, they're doing portfolio reviews. You know, they both come to Comic Con as do many many aspiring artists to get portfolio reviews and try and break into the business. And I think the best, the most powerful part of the of the documentary is the um, comparison of these two guys. You know, because you've got like the Uber geek who's been who's wanted to be a penciler his whole life, and he's he's got his portfolio and he's basically getting shot down at every turn. Like every review he's getting is like. You know, keep at a kid, but you're not ready, you know. And then you've got this other guy who's very nervous, has never been to Comic-Con before. His friends talked him into doing it this one time just to pursue his dream because I think he's a great illustrator and he's always wanted to do it and he has no expectations. And he comes and he's blowing people away with his portfolio. Wow. People love him. He's getting, like, unbelievably positive reviews in every at every turn. And, uh, you know, and, and Spurlock does a great job of counterbalancing those two guys and the the highs and lows of what it takes to sort of break into the business. So I thought that was really powerful. Um, there's a the, probably the one that 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 pulled me in the least was a really really goofball couple that met at Comic Con in 2009. They started dating then, and then this is 2010, and the kid wants to propose to, to his girlfriend. And it, it, <laughs> these are not people that I would find myself wanting to hang out with, put it that way. <laughs> in fact, they were very reminiscent of another couple, geeky couple that we have had some interactions with over the years. Oh, and no. I'll leave it at that. But uh, you guys can probably Oh, no. I know. <laughs> but the girl is very annoying. And like the whole time he's trying to figure out a way that he can break free of her to go and get the engagement ring. Oh, which he had delivered and like he literally can't shake her for two minutes like oh, he's man. like I'm gonna go pee and she's and like I'll come with you that's and foreshadowing like, right there exactly and I'm thinking yeah. watching this dude you can't marry this girl like it's gonna be a nightmare you know but I will say that that in the romantic in me it gets a little bit redeemed in that his whole goal is to propose to her at the Kevin Smith panel oh. like Kevin Smith Q&A and I will say this about Kevin Smith it, it He's really cool about the whole thing. Like, I guess he's in on it. Like, it's all arranged by kind of, He's in on the proposal, and he's very cool to the guy in front of probably like 5,000 people. So I got to give him his props, and so the kid proposes or whatever. Um, and then the last one, which is probably for me the most interesting because it's the thing I, I, I thought was the most um, 
unique in 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 the uh, at least in the domain that I'm familiar with is this this pretty cute girl who lives in California, and her goal is to become a um, a special like a movie special effects person, kind of like a la Rick Baker, you know, like to make costumes and stuff. Ooh. And uh, she, uh, I guess, apparently at San Diego, there's a big um, like gala costume ball every year. Like that's one of the big big panels. I didn't know this, yeah. but uh-huh. but yeah. So it's her goal. She is it chronicles her journey there with her friends to do a Mass Effect, which is you know a wildly popular video game. She creates costumes that fit the entire Mass Effect crew, including an animatronic. Wow. Um, version of uh, I don't know the guy's name, but like this like sort of lizard esque creature, which apparently is very popular in the book, and she builds this animatronic suit for for him, and she she looks just like the main female character in the in, in the thing, and it chronicles her journey, and uh, I thought that was the most interesting because I'm as people know that know me I'm not a big cosplay guy, so I don't know much about that whole thing, and I thought her costumes and the work she puts in was like astoundingly impressive, like her stuff looked just like the, the 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 characters out of the uh, video game. So, you know, and and like Spurlock interweaves all this of course with lots of little little 20 30 second sound bites from celebrities and regular people about why they love the con, why they love comics, why they're into it, you know, why they when they first came to the con, you know, all that I mean it's probably a hundred of those ranging from Stan Lee to uh, you know Olivia Wilde to you know Nathan Fillion, you know, there's a whole just it's it runs the gamut from you know anybody you can imagine to people you've never seen before. Um, the net of it is it was interesting because again it's it's about our people, you know what I mean? Like it's, but I'm really curious to see what or if people that aren't into comics think of this because it's not like Spurlock's other documentaries which have. A lot of satire, you know, and and a lot of like overtly satirical humor. I mean, it's a pretty honest, almost love letter to being a geek and embracing that part of life, which is it was great for me to see. But it didn't, it didn't have like I'm just curious what a, a quote unquote layman or someone that's not into that culture would think of it. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was good. Like I said, I, I, it's it's I certainly wouldn't put it up there with 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 anything that I consider like one of my favorite documentaries of all time. Like I've I've um, you know, I've, there's many, many documentaries that I've enjoyed m- much more. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was interesting, and I think a pretty f- reasonable representation of some of the fringe components of what make up a, a con experience. You know, um, I probably would have liked him to throw something. I don't know if I want to use the term normal, but maybe like throw. He, there was very little on the creators. You know, like mm-hmm. again, there was the thing about the, the aspiring guys, but there was very little about the industry or the guys in the business or or, or, or that kind of thing. I would like to have seen a little more of that. But uh, but you know he he as a filmmaker he has to make his own choices so I I'm not who am I to say that he was wrong to to you know to pick the people he picked but uh, uh, yeah I you know so so um for See, I would have liked it more if he threw something in there really abnormal like the uh, the furries like that kind of weird right. sexual like un- you know the underground sex culture at the con yeah. Yeah, yeah well I mean is that I like really, the freaks you know and, but is and that really he, endemic to, to Comic Con I mean furries are not a San Diego thing furries are their own thing yeah yeah. you know he well, was trying to capture the essence of San Diego you know okay yeah, I guess that's um, fair so but you know I mean, a little bit of this contrived like, like I said I mean like with any documentary I mean the Chuck Rosansky stuff again I would imagine that was for most people that aren't familiar with comics I'm betting that'll come off as the most interesting stuff because he's an interesting guy you know, and, and you're talking about these comics that are worth a ton of money, but I will say that I found it a bit contrived because, you know, of course, by the end of the con, Chuck, of course, makes the money he needs to make, 
which as we know, Sunday is for a retailer. Sunday is always the big day because they mark up, they mark their stuff down and everybody knows that and everybody comes in droves. So, you know, on Sunday he rescues, you know, he makes enough to, to make it worth his trip and he doesn't sell the books. And again, I knew that already because being interested in that whole world of high end back issues, I knew he didn't end up selling them at that con. So it wasn't really surprised to me, but to, to most people watching the film, that arc will be interesting. I would think, you know, um, but uh, yeah, so it is what it is. You know, like I said, I, don't, I wouldn't spend six bucks for, to rent it, but if it comes down in price, or if you can get it, like it, you know, Redbox or something, or stream it, like it's it's definitely worth checking out if you're into, if you're either curious about or you're into, you know, the yeah. the comics culture. I don't think it would have killed him for like a ten second scene of a rabbit doing it with a monkey. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> that works in any cut. <laughs> really, The Shining, it just works. That's true. Yeah. So. So there you go. All right, David. That's pretty cool. I was I was interested to to hear about the documentary. I knew about it for a while, but I did aside from the trailer and and a few creators um mentioning things about Spurlock not mm-hmm. claiming uh Stanley to be co creator of some of the characters and things like that. But um mm. I I can now say that, you know, I know somebody who did see it and, and uh I Sounds I don't, interesting. It does. I mean, and I, I'm not. I mean, I'm not a huge Spurlock fan, but I mean, what I've what I've seen of of his work, I don't mind it. So, and and because of of the uh, of the subject matter, it, it's something I'm interested in. So, I mean, it it would be. I'll keep an eye on it for for when it is. Yeah, like yeah. I said, it's real plain vanilla. You know, like it's it's. The, I would say most documentarians, especially modern documentarians, have an agenda almost by definition. Sure. And the only agenda I could say Spurlock had in this was to paint San Diego Comic Con as the mecca of geekdom, which I don't know that I agree with, but that's you know. And then in that, in that vein, a very positive look of it. And it's, you know, it's, there are there are people that I work with, and you know, when I told them that I just came back from Chicago, they do ask me. I've had a couple people, and some repeatedly as the years have gone on. If you know, was it San Diego? Did you go to San Diego? Are you going to San Diego? Right. It's like, why do you just know about San Diego? And, and I mean, I know why they right. know it's because about it's a cult, it. yeah, it's become its own so, sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. But but um, well, it's partly because of the media crams it down their throat mm-hmm. too. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't turn on. I mean, whether it's it's one of the Hollywood shows on on seven whether extra or access Hollywood or G four or any any station is going to show something from. San Diego that week while 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 it's going on. So yeah, and I mean, magazines it's, it's, like we get Entertainment Weekly, and Entertainment Weekly covers Comic Con yeah, at absolutely. least two or three issues a year. That's wow. so yeah. So I mean, so it is yeah. It it, it is everywhere. And, and I I did, um, I watched. Oh, it was um, it was that show that was on uh, CNBC a few weeks ago where they were talking about from page to screen and and adapting movies from comic books and they talked about Sin City and Superman and, and, and Spider-Man Fantastic Four and things like that and they did mention San Diego on the west coast and, and how it's it's uh, on the east coast the uh, it's, its brother in fact would be Reed's New York Comic Con so I was glad to see that because I mean New York Comic Con's cool. only been around for a few years so I mean to see that it's it's pretty much East Coast version in some people's eyes of San Diego. I I think that's that's pretty neat. So yeah. Well, I knew someone opened a door. Yeah, and I got some feedback. Yeah, wicked. That is hot. Wow. 
Holy shit! Oh, wow. Still? Yeah, it's you, Mario. I'm nice. Not Is it still going? Yeah, yes. still going. All right. Oh my god! <laughs> it's downpouring. There we go. I don't feel so freaking bad now. <laughs> was, was, uh... That was no, intense. I, now, Mario, have you ever been to San Diego? Because I know the three of us haven't. I have not. No. So there you go. I think Pete, are, are your like my friends are baffled by that. Like when they were, whenever it comes up, I say I've never been to San Diego. They're always like, "What?" I know. I say, you know, it's it's just number one. It's in San Diego. It's across the country. And like you said, David, I mean, you know, the the there's other cons that are. Yeah. I mean, New York's pretty much become massive too. But I mean, it's easier yeah. for me to stomach a massive con that's that's right in your backyard. My house, you know. Yeah. Than, yeah, yeah. It's, it's also a sizable investment too, just to get well, that's there. That's the thing. Like, I, I actually, I mean, I would love at least once to go to San Diego, but yeah. I would like to go like if we all went and like yes. maybe a nice place to stay and like you know like. It, it, whereas like when I go to New York Comic Con, like I pr I pretty much stay my like I, we, I hit the con the whole time. If I went to San Diego, I'd probably like take some time away from the con, you know, like and hang. You know what I mean? Like just because from what I understand, it's so crazy. And the one thing too, I'll say about these cons, especially. Like San Diego, New York, is that you know for some people like you know the the, the panels and the the movie premieres and like the those are such huge deals and you spend if you're going to do those it's really a whole day commitment like if you're going to go to these panels you have to basically get in line at break of dawn and you're yeah. there the whole day and we're not into that you know so I mean there yeah. are really like slices of each each person's experience at a con is now I think so vastly different you know like we spend most of our time at Artist Alley and yet right. probably. 80% of con goers at these big cons don't even go to our Sally, I'm betting. You know? and, and that's, and yeah, at least with, with C2E2, we, when we were in Artist Alley, because that's pretty much where we were hanging out because that's where the table was. But even when we were walking through the dealers and, and we really didn't hang around the publisher area too much, but when we're walking around the dealers and stuff, we didn't even, except for when I think Vince was getting the tattoo, I never went on that side of the building where where Val Kilmer and John Barrowman and and other people and the celebrities were, whereas with San Diego, it's when I go to a comic when I go to a convention, it's because it's a comic convention. I don't need to know about what's coming out on TV in the fall or what mm -hmm. movies are coming out next summer or or video games or anything like that. I want to go and and meet creators and 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 look at art and find back issues. I don't want to be herded with a bunch of other people that are like, oh crap, it's Tyler Lardner. I don't I don't care. <laughs> so it, it that's and and I know that we have we have people on the forum, we have people that, that listen to the show that love San Diego, they look forward to it and you know, I haven't missed the year and this, that and the other. And that's cool and I, I, I think it's great that that is your con. And I mean Pat, I don't know if Pat's ever missed the San Diego while he's been out there. And that's his hometown though. That's sure. his hometown and and you know and, and he's he's plugged in when it comes to that and, and so he, he lives it and, and that's awesome. But I mean for someone like me who hasn't been out there I would have my my dream would have been to have gone out there like pre image. Like 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 during the, the, the late eighties indie boom. Right, I would have right, loved yeah, to have yeah. gone to San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, and yeah, right. especially with, with the Rick Geary, you know, program illustration, shit like that. Now I just now it's just it's it's grown to beyond that and it's it's a little I don't want to say it's overwhelming or, or oh I'm frightened. It's just it's not the kind of convention I can see myself really going to and enjoying. Yeah. Plus his Fox costumes at the dry cleaners too, so That's true. He, he won't be going this year. So while you are crackly, I'll um, damn, damn. We can talk about no, we'll um.
There were, when we came back from um, C2E2, I had one uh, OGN, I'll call it, that uh, that Will gave us. And, uh, and so while I was just, I finished that, and I found another graphic novel that was sitting in one of my regimes, and, and I read that, and then I read something else. So I kind of went on a, a like an OGN kick over the past few days, and um, and and the first one I'll mention. Um, actually, no, since Vince is crackly, I'll hold off on that. I will mention the first one I'll mention is uh, is from Action Lab, and hmm. it is from the Signature series. Uh, it's a little. It's and I say little because physically. It's it's slightly larger than I'm sizing it up next to uh, Pluto. It's a little larger than uh, than Pluto, but it's um it's it's only about maybe not even a hundred pages. But it's it's called Back in the Day. Yeah, written, written by uh, Mr. Dave Blanche and uh, art by uh, pencil and inks by Daniel Logan. And this was um. I didn't know. I really didn't know what to expect. I, I ordered it because I mean I remember ordering it and, and I got a print and I ordered it because it was from Action Lab and 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 I got to support Sean and 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 I think Dave is is a very talented individual. I I thought at first when I did order it that um, that Dave drew it. I didn't realize that that Dave was the writer and and Daniel Logan was the artist. But I still really have no complaints about that. The uh, the art works; it tells the story very well. Um, but Dave is is very clever, very witty. The uh, I, I kind of when I was done with it, it was kind of like I put it down, and and it it was um, it's like time travel done right because there were there were things that happened. Basically, it's about three friends went to high school in 1987. Uh, one of them the love of his life got away. So he built a time machine to go back and change a very specific day from his high school years that will change the rest of his life and, and will make him happy. And, uh, but something happens along the way where as, as they think they're on the road to, um, to doing the right thing because each of them, all three of them have something that they kind of want to fix. One, one friend wants to, um, have, have been able to, he wants to be able to have slept with more than just the one woman he's yeah. shared his life with so far. The other guy wants to really, um, not screw up his, uh, his Dustin Hoffman esque graduate moment. And, and there's, um, and when, when we find out that, the future has changed we kind of get hints that it happens almost immediately and 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 what was really neat and something that i really never noticed in any other time travel story the memories start to happen almost right away their 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 lives changed while they were still in the past while while the adult versions were still in the past teaching the younger versions how to do the right thing um and we get back to present day then the shit really hits the fan, and and it was it it was really a, a holy crap moment for me, and and I just I at that point it was just a really heavy page turner, and I just I couldn't wait to see how this just all all plays out, and um 
And so, so kudos to them because I, like I said, I didn't know what to expect going in. And I thought, I thought it was really just going to be kind of something haha funny and, and, and mostly comedic. And I haven't seen hot tub time machine yet. So I was thinking maybe something like that where it's just, you know, I, I kind of figure the people in the story are just going to make jokes and crack wise and, and all high school humor, things like that. But it ended up being a lot more serious as, as, uh, as events for unfolding, and and I appreciate that. I thought that this was a, a really well done, well told story. So I, I want to um, thank the guys for for making that one for one thing. The uh, the other graphic novel is um, actually Vince might know the writer and artist of uh, of this particular story. This was uh, this is called Jew Gangster. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. sure, yeah. Yeah. And uh and and it's it's part of according to the little corner icon, part of a uh, DC Comics the Joe Hubert Library. Uh I did not read it when it was originally published and um I don't know what I was doing or, or, or where I was and why I missed it a few years ago, but um this was uh this was something that was um it felt like Renee and I will quite often watch Turner classic movies and, and, and we love the, the gangster films from the thirties and, and the forties. And, uh, this very much felt like one of those movies, whether it's Cagney or Bogart or Robinson, one of anything like it, it Kubert did a fantastic job of putting that on the page. And, um, there really aren't too many Jewish gangsters that, that, that I'll see in the movies, but this was, um, this was a little different in that regard. Because it wasn't. Uh, I mean, the story is the same. Where the the kid wants to do better than his family, and and um, wants to do better for his family. Also, wants to make money so that you know, dad doesn't have to make ten cents a day, and and mom doesn't have to slave, and in, in, in the restaurant, things like that. And uh, so he has an ulterior motive, but you know, things kind of get a little hazy. I mean, when you when you sign up with the mob, things aren't always so rosy and and you end up having to to owe people and and you just you never know who you can trust and no honor among thieves and things like that but this was you know what it's i don't know when joe drew this but it's you can definitely whether it's whether it's this book or the cover to all-star squadron or old issues of of stories featuring Hawkman and the Atom, it's like his 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 line doesn't change. His style is just it is, it, where if you have other artists like like we mentioned Calafiore before and and or Ramita Junior on on Avengers versus X Men or you you have artists that just that do change with the times whether they they they're still looking for their style or they need to change things up because they're trying to put the book out for whatever reason they're, they're just trying to get more comfortable and and find their own way but. Kubert has, and when he's inked, that's one thing. But as far as 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 Kubert working by himself, it's unmistakable, and 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 it never, never, never changes. Started and, out perfect, and he just kept like, seriously, doing the same yeah, thing. Just, yeah. you don't you don't need to mess with it. It's just it is what it is, and and there's nothing. Whether it's it's someone, just the expressions are fantastic. The uh, people. Giving someone else the hairy eyeball or, or someone's reactions and things like nice that. Stink eye. Seriously, it's just it's it's all just 
it's it's perfection on the page. It's it's a great story. I mean, even when I, I, the little things that, that you don't really see all that much these days, where they're they're having a conversation in a restaurant, but you don't see the people in the restaurant. You see the exterior of the restaurant, and there's a dog sniffing a fire hydrant. It's like it's yeah. just it's it's just I. It's it's like cinematography, just set in the scene. I was just gonna, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's, but it's if I mean, if if you when you can grab this, definitely read it. There are, uh, I he's, I know that I'm more familiar with him as an artist. He's worked with with wonderful writers, and and whether it's it's war stories or superhero stuff, he's he's worked well with people. Oh, here's, here's something where. Um, where you know he wrote and drew this himself, and and it just it really is is a great story. I can see myself loaning this out to people. Just, I don't have that, really. Yeah, I prefer Joe in the more fantastic settings, like Tor, and sure. and yeah. even the war stories can be considered fantastic because it's far above normal human experience. But I I need to pick it up, and the subject matter kind of. Put me off a little bit, not because I don't want to read about that, because it's so alien to me. I have absolutely no idea. Okay, about that the whole culture, but I should just shut my mouth and, and buy it and read thing, it. I mean, all the more reason to read it. I know you're aside, right. Aside from the the Jew in the title and and them going to temple like for one scene is and and mom working in a kosher restaurant. There isn't. I mean, it could be it. it they could be Italian. They could be. It, it could be any sort of nationality. So I mean, it, it that has nothing to do with it. It's just I mean, that's the title. But because I mean, once he's in the mob, it's it would play out the same way anybody would right. be mm-hmm. in the mob. So well, that's actually why I was, I, you said something at the beginning of this where you were like, uh, you don't. It wasn't too often you see a Jewish gangster, and I was thinking, really? Because like I think some of the most like infamous and well publicized. Like like uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's both Jewish, right? like, yeah. No, right. no, but I'm I'm in I'm in on um like the the, the Turner Classic movies. Like, oh, like, oh, okay, like, okay. Oh, right, right, right. Like Heat, Angels with Dirty Feet, things like that. I don't, <laughs> I don't, you know, they, they don't really focus on someone's religion or nationality. Gotcha, too. gotcha. But you're right. I mean, in real life, yeah, no, there's, I mean, shit, yeah, there's, there's, you can't, especially in Vegas. And I think isn't there a new show on Stars or something about um Jewish mobsters? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, actually, my, my actually my dad and uh, my stepmother were telling me about that this weekend. I I, yeah, I haven't seen it yet though. But uh... I mentioned and check that out. Hey guys, it's John again, third ghost detective. I got to be quiet. Something fishy is going on around here. I headed down to the curling club. That's where the clues led me. And they're saying they've never heard of Chris before. That he's never been here. That he came in one day ranting and raving about needing some excuse to not be on the podcast. I'm starting to really wonder what's going on here. I think I know where I'm headed next, but I'll make it out. Send my love to Bob Gar. He can have all my possessions. Thanks. And now the that Vince is not crackly. Not. Uh, a wonderful, fantastic, amazingly talented um, Will Pfeiffer. And sexy. Uh, and sexy. Uh, the advanced team. Which is written by Will, illustrated by Jermont uh, Torres. It is a um, it's a science fiction story that it's it's got some B movie flavor. It's got aliens. It had um, 
little bit of politics, uh, but there is just it. I think it has something for everybody in, in yeah. this. It it really it's it's and this was another one that was a page turner. It, it's it's thicker than the other graphic novels I just mentioned, but it's um would make a hell of a movie too. So if anybody out there is like a a a, a ferret for the movie industries, get your hands on this book because it would make a great feature. You could cast shy in it. There you there, go. Oh. Uh, the boof. Uh, the boof or um, or his stunt double, Hank. But the the uh, this, this is perfect because this was this was absolutely complete. This was an awesome done in one. I mean, yeah, the, the, the way it ends, you know, you can just use your imagination for that. But you don't need any more than this book. You, yeah. Everything you need to know before the first page gets filled out as the book continues and and once you get to the end it's like that is a perfect the end and no need for yeah. the end question mark it's just and it's it was it was again another one that that that's clever witty well written all the characters are unique they 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 all have a um a distinct voice they all just everybody the way things play out i was i was completely i guess absorbed i wasn't i wasn't guessing i didn't see where anything was going i just i was just along for the ride and and he had me i mean right from right from the beginning right right from that 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 double page spread where you know he's he's talking about how it wasn't always like this and and he felt bad for the kid at first and then yeah. and, and mm -hmm. you know and there's a, a morrison level attention to detail too um if you notice all the antagonists their names begin with a <laughs> Yeah, yeah, double A. Yeah. And and the the symbol that he to which he's drawn is is almost a stylized A. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's he Will's very very uh clever. Yes. Yeah. And and then you get some sketches by uh, by the artist in the back of the book. I, I think I read it I read it too. I think part of the reason it works so well is I think that um uh, why can't I remember the main character's name? Um uh, Kevin, Kevin, right? Yeah. Is that what it is, Kevin? I thought anyway, it was, I thought it was Zach. Oh, why did I say Kevin? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, um, but he—he's—he's—I think he's totally believable. I think that's where Will. I think that's one of Will's talents is he can—he makes these these and these lead characters that are just totally believable, and then it surrounds them with things that you would never ever believe, like all yeah. the, all, all the rest of the cast is stuff that you know could be is is I mean like you said totally out of B movies. But the main character is totally believable, so and that's your end. So it just it works. Yeah, there's your yeah that that that's your point of view character. That that that's the guy who gets you sucked in. And I mean, there are times where I'm looking at him and he looks a little older in one panel, and then he looks like you know the young pizza delivery kid again. He looks like you know um, Dempsey from Loverboy, and it's just it's <laughs> and with, with the big glasses, extra anchovies, extra anchovies. But it's um, you know, and he's he's got the crush, and it's I mean. And th then there are things where it's like it's like where you don't worry about well what's going to happen with his job and you know and he's it's like that doesn't none of that none of the extra stuff has anything to do with what's going on you're just you're you're just you're following this character and you're just going because I would think if if anybody else were telling this story you would you'd, you'd be a little worried about well Kevin's hanging out with 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 Uncle. Arthur and it's like you know well what about his job and 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 you don't really know how much time is passing because you don't know 
what kind of training, if you want to call it that, he, he's going through. But it, it just, it all, it, none of it has to tie you down. You, you're not bogged down with all these little extra details. You just, you, right. you, you're just, they're telling a great story on these pages, and, and I can't wait for, for Jason to read it. I think he'll get a kick out of it. Yeah, nice. My favorite uh, page comes towards the end. Well, I won't spoil it, but um, there's a thing that appears. Um, a bunch uh, of, yeah. a bunch, a bunch of mm-hmm. things. Yeah, and, uh, mm-hmm. it's it's gorgeous. I it love really I love the shade the shadows in that panel. It, it's really it nice. Like it looked like it got a little bit more detailed. He, he got a little bit more crazy with the um, with 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 uh, a little bit of hatching in there. Yeah, the yeah, as, yeah. As 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 the book went on, as as we got to those final pages, because while while he's meeting some of um, the A's. It's it's a little bit not not cartoony, but it's a little bit looser, a little bit not as cross hatchy, and and then we get to towards the uh, towards the climax, and and that's when there's a lot more darks, a lot more blacks, and and it's uh, but it's it really is a, a wonderful story. So thank you very much, Will. Yeah, he's the man. Yes. All right, let's do this. Go ahead, do your thing. All right, sell me on it. Oh, Sell you, won't, you, on you it. won't need to be sold after you hear some of the, the, the d- d- details about this. I read um, far too late in the game. Seriously. I know. I I'm only st- read the first two issues, so he's what? not bad. I did, dude. I know. I know. I, I just I've... read it for the first time the other day. Awesome. Oh, awesome. I just, I, just, I, just, I just got the hardcover. Me too. That's what I read. It's it's uh, Mr. Morrison and Company's Batman Incorporated. Uh, it's a deluxe edition, recently published, as Mario said. Contains Batman Incorporated numbers one to eight and the Leviathan Strikes special that oh, yeah. capped off one phase of the story and opened the door onto uh, another. Uh, this series could have been called Brave and the Bold or even Batman Team Up because there are a lot of guest stars in this series. In short, Bruce scours the globe recruiting heroes he finds worthy for membership in his international bat family. All the while, a clandestine threat marshals power. Um, but much of the events of, of Batman Incorporated are, are cases of misdirection, sleights of hand, uh, a ruse, or... As one navigating the series' strongest and most prevalent symbolic clue, this is Mr. Morrison again planting these nuggets, these symbolic nuggets that can act, they, they, it's not can, they do, they encapsulate the whole series. Um, it's akin to the dead ends of a labyrinth, which is a very appropriate bit of symbolism considering the origins of one of the series' front and center bad guys, Mr. Otto Netz. A.K.A. Agent Zero of Spiral, A.K.A. the Alzheimer's-riddled Dr. Daedalus. Now, in Greek mythology, Daedalus, who was the father of Icarus, the boy with the waxy mm-hmm. wings, Indeed. built the labyrinth on Crete to contain the Minotaur. Indeed. Now, la- a labyrinth, by nature, is lousy with dead ends and loopbacks, and that is exactly the manner in which most of Incorporated is created. And Alfred says it best himself uh he's playing chess with bruce and he says think ahead deploy your forces for maximum impact and strike hard while the other chaps got his eye on the wrong square that's exactly what's going on in batman incorporated now that was the nutshell here's the entire nut tree uh in in issues one and two now you're gonna think that 
I'm barely scratching the surface of this series. There is a lot of detail, but as I was saying to David earlier uh, tonight, it's not uh, subjective detail like in Batman R.I.P. A lot of those events in, in R.I.P. could have been interpreted different ways, and they were. In, in Incorporated, it's fairly straightforward for the most part. It's just that it's couched in that symbolism that, that Grant likes to bring to the to the table, and thankfully so. Um, mm-hmm. in, in Issues 1 and 2, after stealing something, um, a metamaterial that will come into play later in the series, uh, from Dr. Savannah, Batman and Selina stop in Tokyo and offer Mr. Unknown a seat at the bat table. But unfortunately, while in the midst of an investigation involving a trio of murdered John Doe's, and remember that number, three, because it's very important. It's uh, the magic number. It's For this series, it is the magic number. Uh, Mr. Unknown is killed by the, by the maniacal Lord Deathman, which mm-hmm. provokes the involvement of the real man behind the mask. See, Mr. Unknown's assistant and body double, Jiro Osamu, and Morrison cleverly named this character after the Batman manga artist, Jiro yep. Kuwata, and yep. the god of manga, Osamu Tezuka. You know it! Unknown to Batman, the well-past-his-middle-aged uh, Mr. Unknown was failing. And save everything but detective work, the real man running around as Japan's favorite man of mystery was young Jiro. So the first two issues... Hmm? No. So the, so the no? first... No. I think so. Really? Yeah. Wow. I got to go back and there's read one, that part. There's one line and one small line that, that alludes to it. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. So there's first two issues. Batman, Selina, Mr. Unknown, the second, going up against the death-cheating Lord Deathman and his goons. In Japan. So the goons are styled in a, in a, in a very similar fashion to the Shocker troops from the, the Common Rider series. This is Grant Morrison doing what he does. You have skeletal henchmen running around in Japan. What do you think of Common Rider? That's what I think of. Will Pfeiffer thinks of Common Rider. You all should do. Uh, so in issues three and four. After a brief flashback, a very important flashback, during which the British super team, Victory V's, at great personal cost, imprisoned Dr. Daedalus in a lighthouse on the Falkland Islands, uh, Mount Pleasant. Batman travels to South America to recruit Santiago Vargas, also known as Argentina's El Gaucho, who at the time is sniffing out clues here we go, in the abduction of three blind children. There's that number. The pair face off against Papagayo, the parrot, and eventually learn one of the names pulling the strings behind the scenes, the Oroboro, a word comprised of three letters, symbolized by the coiled snake consuming its own tail. The end is the beginning. Now, Bats and Gaucho eventually find the children, but they're in the possession of the deadly Scorpiana, who's hot, and her army of robotic blue scorpion bombs, and a crippled, masked luchador named El Sombrero. So the plot points also include a barbed ring fashioned in the shape of the Ouroboros, and a book written by an imaginary author about a sinister figure called Dr. Daedalus, art imitates life, Killed by three blind assassins. So you have three children, three assassins, three letters in Ouroboros, the O-R-N-B repeated. Um, You have 
three dead John Doe's that Mr. Unknown was looking for. What could Grant be saying with this repetitive use of the number three? Mm -hmm. uh, also in number four, you have Kate Kane, the current Batwoman. She joins the party. Hot on the heels of Johnny Valentine, who, after dropping a chained Ouroboros, there you go, killed three Marines. The bullet wounds forming the Braille letters for O, R, and B, all of the letters which comprise the word Ouroboro. During the hunt, she crosses paths with none other than her predecessor, Catherine Kane, the original Batwoman. Oh. Or, is, or is it? Could it possibly be? I don't know. <laughs> Issue number four also includes a flashback featuring the original Ms. Kane, who shares direct links to three characters in this story. Obviously, Batman is one. They had a relationship back in the day. But she also has romantic ties to another and genetic ties to a third. Mm, Mr. Morrison is very sneaky. Genetic ties. Remember that. It's another thing to remember. Jesus. Yeah. In issues five and six, the hood shows up. He enters the fray, and the name of the mastermind behind it all is whispered. Leviathan. Ooh. Also, Batman's army grows to include Batwing, Cassandra Kane, Red Robin, Damien, the Outsiders, the Night Runner, and others, and it is learned that Daedalus and Leviathan are creating a ring around the world. Planting not a not a literal ring, as uh, figuratively, planting operatives everywhere. And, and their their credo is, whenever the standard of the bat rises, they will appear and cut it down. This is getting deep now. So you, you have this ring of operatives all around the world. But at the same time, and one of, the, one of the, the, the taglines for this series is, Batman is everywhere. And by picking these bat operatives in different countries, he's forming a web of his own. And a web is another very important symbolic um, clue in this this series uh, because the uh, Dr. Daedalus uh, uses a stylized eye in the center of a web for the spiral organization that he created. So there you go. Um, number seven, Leviathan rears its head in South Dakota. This is the best issue of the series as far as I'm concerned. Stomping ground of the awesome William Great Eagle, a.k.a. Man of Bats, and his son sidekick Little Raven. Uh, Mario and Jason, was this not by far the best issue of the run? I think it was the best art, definitely. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. Visually, I think Leviathan itself is 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 just the Leviathan one shot is just oh, crazy. Oh, okay. All right. I, that's fair. <clears throat> but uh, and I said it before. Um, I loved Mr. Burnham's work before this. <laughs> but it, it wasn't an all-consuming love like uh, I, I, I bestow on some artists. It, but after reading his work in Batman Incorporated, the, the dude is phenomenally talented. Uh, disgustingly so. I mean, it, it takes a real talent to come in and remake Batman in your own image. Like, his Batman is not stylized after anyone else's Batman that came before. He t picks elements from here and there. But when you see a Chris Burnham Batman, you're like, ah, Chris Burnham. It's the, the 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 way he shades the, the 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 way he draws the facial features the 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 almost cartoony kind of mm -hmm. um, body language on him. It's yeah. awesome. It's just amazing. And when you overshadow Yannick Paquette, who I think turned in probably the best work of his career on issues one and two, mm -hmm. uh, that that's something that's really bringing something to the table. But uh, way, I, I do think thing. that uh, Burnham owes his uh, his big career breakthrough to me. <laughs> okay. 
No, it's true. Uh, no, I, I really. How is that? Windy City Comic Con. I, uh, I said to uh, Chris, "Hey, can you uh, draw Batman for my son?" And he's like, "Huh, Batman? I never drew Batman before." Ah, wow, you planted Batman. a seed. And it's pretty much the uh, it's pretty much the uh, the prototype for the Batman and Robin Batman. Look at you! So that drawing's worth money. I'm yeah, I'm it. gonna sell it and pay for uh, for your Harvard. <laughs> okay, uh, now on to issue eight, and the less said about this issue, the better. Uh, ba- <laughs> seriously, it basically, Bruce creates Internet 3.0, armed with an antiviral agent named Oracle. The the issue's done in a hyper detailed f- computer style that uh, they're basically in. They're, they're virtual ghosts in the machine, in other words, and so everything is very techy, very polygonish, and it's just it, it it rapes your eyes. It's not very nice to look at. That's just that's oh, sure, events. I'm sorry, it's not it, it it's it's I haven't the, read it yet. Sir. It's the hangnail on a beautifully <laughs> manicured hand that is Batman Incorporated. It's, it's the the real festered, bleeding hangnail. It's it's nasty, but anyway. Uh, wow. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, so now, now we're at the Leviathan Strike special, and this is where Dr. Savannah's metamaterial reappears, but I won't say for what reason. Um, the, Incorporated is directly linked to Morrison's Batman and Robin in, in a number of ways. And they pop up in this Leviathan special, the, mo- the most obvious being the inclusion of Professor Pig's son. Yep. As one of the faculty at the St. Hedrian School. Wow. And Stephanie infiltrates the school. And yes, this little pig does have hair on his chinny chin chin. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the fact that Laszlo Valentin, who was an agent of Daedalus's spiral organization, and he is later known as Professor Pig. He created the mind eroding gas. Um, toxin that permeates Agent Zero's labyrinth. So if you read Batman and Robin, you got to read this too, because it it all ties got in. It. You got to. It's it's Morrison's grand Batman statement. It's all connected. Uh, and in this issue, we learn Leviathan is not only a, a who, but it's also a what. What a what? It's an inescapable what? marine interrogation facility floating on international waters. Wow. Um, and of course, Batman and company infiltrate this uh, floating Leviathan, and the poo poo hits the oscillator because, uh, as is experienced with Alzheimer's patients, reality gets kind of disjointed a little bit by the by the toxin and and series. Uh, the events are not necessarily in a series. Some things happen more than once. Some things happen again. Some things happen in different ways, and they have to work their way through it. And I won't say where it goes, but the the person, and this is to Mr. Morrison's credit, the person who figures out who's really behind Leviathan before Batman, before Oracle, before all of them, is David Zavimbi, aka Batwing. Oh, Batwing. Okay. Yeah, it was. I was impressed to take this. At the time, seldom seen. This is before the new Fifty Two, so Batman right. series didn't even start yet. Uh, take this seldom seen character and put him to the forefront. I mean, he's he's seriously packing some smarts. Uh, mm-hmm. And he exclaims at the moment of understanding, "My God, is that Batwings?" Morrison, crafty bastard that he is, has been planting seeds for this story all the way back in Batman and Son. That's nuts. That was, wasn't Batman his son his first? That was yeah. the first with the Cuberts, yeah. yeah. That's incredible. It, it, it boggles the mind. Maybe, 
and yep, just yeah. Yeah, you you need to, you need you need to remember that name too when you read this series. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, she shows up again. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Morrison does not produce passive art. That's what I like about him. Uh, his work always requires the reader to assume an active role in the narrative. You cannot just sit back and consume this stuff like candy. I like uh, that because you're 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 rewarded for sticking around. That's what I'm. But, but you you almost ferret out data and experiences along with the principal players. Like you in in certain parts of this series, you are as clueless as Batman, and you learn things when he learns them, and it's they're not always. Uh, they don't always mean what they say in other words uh so mr morrison expects as much commitment from his readers as he does his own characters and obviously his stuff is not for everybody but i've read it three times because i i didn't want to miss anything there's that number again exactly uh first the first pass i was uh, gawking at 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 the events and the art and then later on uh, so i read it again and a lot of the details became more apparent and then after the third pass he basically crams it down your throat who leviathan is yeah and and i did not see that going through the first time because it has to do with the number three and i, I won't say anything because jason uh david doesn't know who leviathan is so, is so i won't ruin it but think of something else that could be symbolized by the number three and that I'll just leave it at that. There you go. Uh, there's a bat dance in it. Actually, two bat dances, two tangos. Yeah. Uh-huh. In other words, Vince just gave it away. It's Bane. Yeah. <laughs> I no. thought it was Triplicate Girl from Legion of Superheroes. No. Uh, there, there's a pair no, of tangos it's in it. Christ. Christ. <laughs> That's why it's Vince's favorite book. Yeah, no, it's 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 excellent. There's a tango de la muerte. There's no Batusi, but there's a tango twice ah. in it that, bru- and it's I'll tell you, it's it, it's not an intrusion at all to have a dance sequence in a Batman comic was actually kind of cool. I I was enjoying it, and that's not that was my favorite issue actually. Was was it really? Yeah, I thought like- it was really clever and funny and mm-hmm. just evoked a I don't know just the thing I love about Morrison is just he plays with settings and genres and just he just has a blast and he has like no fear about right. mixing and matching and just whatever is in his mind at the time he's willing to just go with it and there's, there's it. No in some rules. way he can pull it all back together into a narrative that makes yeah. sense and uh, I think he's most unfairly criti- like I think it's way too it always makes my eyes roll in the back of my head when I hear someone else talking about Morrison they're like oh Morrison oh you know and they always say like how incomprehensible he is and, I mean, I think there's plenty of room for criticism of almost anybody, um, Morrison included, but I don't think like it's ever really fair to say that Morrison is incomprehensible when it comes to, at least to his superhero work. Like, he's totally comprehensible. You just he just challenges you to actually think about what he's saying. But like, yeah. there's actually a point. Like, he's not he's not just doing it for the sake of doing it. There's right. definitely a yeah. point. Right. You know, now, whether I, not, or not, not you, to... you whether or not you as a reader like should feel the need to like if the criticism is I don't feel like in my superhero comics I should have to think about things so much to get it that's a fair criticism like i don't necessarily right. agree with that but that's right. fair and that's a perfectly fair criticism of morrison but like when it comes into oh he's just he's out there he's just on drugs or morrison doesn't nah. he's so non-linear like that's where people lose me because that's that's yeah. lazy criticism because that's not right. usually accurate you know well what i was going to say uh, not to be an elitist but that's more of a commentary on the the reader than it is the author i i'd agree with that 
Yeah. See, and 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 I know that I I'm not the biggest Morrison supporter, and and the thing is, it and I never you know, reading Final Crisis, reading New X Men. It doesn't matter what of his I've read. I've never. I know. I mean, because I, I enjoyed the beginning of Batman and Son, and 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 I stuck with that with his run for a while, and it's never it's never been where I've had to do work or, or it with my thing with Morrison. And I mentioned it talking about the fantastic four minute he did with Jay Lee. It's, he has a very distinct voice. I can always tell when Morrison has written a comic book and that tends to really shadow the story for me. That tends to, yeah. I mean, I mean, cause we were talking about Alan Moore and, and, and how he would be, to me, he'd be a chameleon, and 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 how I can understand why we would consider him the greatest of all time, and 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 how everything he's written sounds, reads, feels differently. But but Morrison, I definitely know when Morrison has, and and not just by reading the credits, but I definitely know when more. And it's it's not that he's heavy; it's just that he has certain, just like. One of our very dear friends can always bitch about Bendis and and his techniques. There, there are things that I see in, in a Morrison written comic book that it's just like it. It doesn't pick me out of the story, but it's like okay, Morrison wrote this book, and and I well, will based on on your review of this. Yeah, I will. I will gladly read Batman Incorporated. Well, I I can safely say that the that Morrison voice of which you speak is. At a minimum in this series, it's a little. Yeah, muted, I think really? this is. I think this is comparable to um, when people always talk about how much they love Morrison's JLA run because it's it has doesn't have as much Morrisonian quality to it. I think okay. this is more along those lines than say Batman yeah. R.I.P. or uh, okay. Invisible like or anything like that. And and it's like odd because I, I I want to say it's more lighthearted fair than we're used to seeing from Morrison but it, I mean it's not really you have yeah. kids kids almost being drowned and, and there's murder in it and there's a lot of bloodshed especially in the Burnham issues when Burnham draws a punch to the face it's not a movie of the week I mean the person bleeds it's a hard and, boil type. Yeah. oh no really and, and there's a scene in a taxi cab uh, or not a taxi cab but a police officer uh, a police cruiser there's a lot it's almost mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction-esque the blood in the, in this one scene and it's it's prevalent but it's it, it's not as weighty as as some of the other stuff he's written and there's there's okay. not an there's not an air of doom and gloom throughout the whole thing I mean there is I don't know if I want to say that because you have Leviathan lurking in the shadow so there is doom and gloom it just feels lighter for some reason and I, I, I can't okay. really put David, my finger you'll on like it. it there's a scene where um there's a there's a page where uh, Batman is uh, he he's trying to uh, quell any people trying to figure out who Batman is you know figure out that he's Bruce Wayne uh-huh. and he's on he's on uh, a Batman um, forum people talking about Batman <laughs> and he's, he's posting as a bunch of different people saying oh no uh, Batman Bruce Wayne can't be Batman Bruce Wayne is so and so Bruce Man was so and so and oh no wait Batman who's Batman oh it's this guy you know it's this guy you know no there's no way Batman the real Batman's dead and you know, you're used to people lying on forums all the time. So I mean, it's yeah, it's funny. But my favorite line of the of the book is though, uh, Lord Deathman, uh, recently revived. Um, 
Lord Deathman. He he's making his break out of a hospital with his goons, and he orders them to uh, place explosives on the disabled child's uh, wing or bus. Right. So he goes, "You placed the first charge on the disabled kid's bus, like I told you. Super sweet." And he goes, "Life is cruel. Death the reward." <laughs> he's like basically talking to himself. That's awesome. It's uh, the dialogue is really great too. It's it it's is. it's just an amazing series, That's and cool. I'm so freaking stupid for not no, um, no, getting no, in on the ground floor no, on it. No, stop! I don't think stop, you are because this stop. hardcover's nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> it really no. is. Um, but um, the star for me here, uh, aside from the writer, is definitely Chris Burnham. Yeah, but by, by far. I mean, Cameron Stewart turns in an issue. Yannick Paquette. Uh, you can forget about issue eight, but um, now that's not fair. I'll tell you who who drew issue eight, who 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 rendered issue eight. Scott Clark with Dave Beatty. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 it. My eyes were bleeding after I finished this, <laughs> and I know that was part of the idea to to uh, illustrate the complexities of of a uh, of a computer. Envir- a computer-generated environment, it would be complex, right? But it's just, it, I don't think it needed to be done this chaotically. I mean, it, 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 That's cool. it, it's all over the place. Uh, but Mr. Burnham, oh, good God, he is a, he is a force to be yeah. reckoned with. Ooh, astounding, astounding talent. Yeah, and, uh, and now modest, that I'm, modest and humble, too. Well, yeah, and he's cute, but... Um, <laughs> Again, uh, this is not the end of the story. This is the beginning of the story. Uh, it's also the end of the story, like the Ouroboros. The end what of this, this, the no, end of uh, this story is the beginning. Leviathan actually comes to the fore at the end of this issue, so it's the beginning of another arc that deals with these issues. It's but that it's chess also, game, Vince. It's that it chess is. Game. It is. It's. It's what also first, uh, move, first move is done. Your move. That's right. What does this hardcover collect? What? 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 What's the cover? Everything. First date issues and the Leviathan Strikes uh, special. Okay. And from what I can remember, as these issues were being released, there were huge delays between issues, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes two months. I think there was even three in between one, right? I may be stretching it out a bit, but I, I know they didn't come out on time. Well, there were supposed to be originally, there were supposed to be 10 or 12 issues, and then it just ended up being the eight and the, and the two issue special. Oh, okay. Because then it didn't uh, the New 52 start at that point? Right. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, they couldn't, can't have anything carry over. There's actually an out. editor's note, David. You'll look at, there's an editor's note in the, uh, in the Leviathan issue that says these events take place before Flashpoint and uh, the new That's 52. The oh, they ruined my <laughs> Flashpoint. All right. That, that is the hotness. <laughs> so get it. So I what's, mean, what's the new series called? Is it called Batman Inc.? Uh huh. Yeah, Batman yes. Incorporated. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Season two, we'll call it. Like Odyssey. Yeah. I don't know. I the existing new Batman and Robin. I right. don't know when it comes out, though. Um, uh, well, anybody know? May. Like May. Next, next, yeah, May, right? Yeah, next month. Yeah. Awesome. I'm on board. Location. And uh, like Batman, like um, uh, Snyder and Capullo's Batman, I'll buy the singles, read them, and then I'll, I'll, I'll re-gift them and buy Double the hardcover. Dip. Yeah, well, I have to. Yeah. yeah. Love I, this series. Oh, good nipper, God. Nipper. Yeah. You know, I double dipped on uh, Butcher Baker recently because I decided really? to, I decided to buy the ninety nine cent digital issues on Comicsology. Oh, Are you serious? Has, wow, I'm serious, my Has friend. Has that gone to trade yet? Anywhere? No. Any trade whatsoever? No, no, seventh issue was the so. final issue for now. Uh, it is continuing. I don't. I, I, 
I haven't read anything by Casey or Huddleston, so I don't know if if it's going to continue with issue eight or or if they're going to do anything different than that. But there's been no collection that I've seen. I do think it was solicited, though, wasn't it? Could be like a collection. It, Maybe a new yeah. bulletproof coffin, dude. Have you been reading it? Seriously, I'm waiting wait for the trade. Uh, I'd waiting I'd for the I'd trade. First in singles, and I'm going to get the trade in the second one. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, I got the first trade. I'm going to get the second. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What else we got? Good stuff. Uh, trying to think. What else? Yeah, I, I um, I read the uh, because I did not. I did not get the uh, Dark Horse presents issues for this, but over the weekend. Dark Horse Digital had uh, had a one shot featuring the three chapters of the Massive uh, by Brian okay. Wood, uh, Christian my Donaldson. cousin, right, and uh, art by Brian Donaldson, and uh, and colors by Dave Stewart. This was a this this one shot reprints these stories from Dark Horse Presents eight, nine, and ten. The price was right for me to check it out. It did sell me on. Well, I, I am now tempt. I'm, I'm going to check out the first issue. I had no idea what it was about. I kind of still don't really. <laughs> the, the the three stories were the, the first story um, takes place uh, in the '90s, uh, mid '90s. There's a uh, there's an oil rig, middle of the ocean. Um, the uh the, the soldiers mercenaries show up and and uh there's this huge wave that came took everybody out killed everybody in the rig no survivors except for this one guy who was basically kind of like in the crow's nest and and saw the wave i mean just just barely feet away from his feet were 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 the uh, the top of the waves and it it basically killed everybody on the oil rig, uh, left him as a survivor. Then the second story takes place in the eighties. Young boy, um, there were uh, there were. I don't want to call them pirates, but there there were um, basically waste, toxic waste was being um, barrels of it were being just thrown into the water, and this is where where these uh, where this village gets their fish from, and and uh, this young boy swims. Swims across the uh, the water to this to, to the boat. Uh, the um, one of the I'll call them pirates now. One, one of the pirates knocks the boy out. Basically, I think kind of breaks his neck, throws him into the water. It's um, nasty. Yeah, the boy kind of um, has a vision while he's resting on these barrels of of, of waste, and uh, and is miraculously found on the shore. Uh, so he's alive. And then we, the third story is in modern day, where, um, where again, I mean, it, it all has to do with water. I, I'm, I, I just maybe I'm just dense. I'm not sure what exactly the massive is. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's the water, but I have no. I, the art is really the, the, there's this like Kevin Nolan esque kind of Mazzucchelli and and, Ooh, and a, it's, it's a little Jesus. bit. Of, I mean, there the art is really cool. The art is what's selling me on this. I, I really have, as you can tell by my phone review i have no idea what the hell the story is about i don't know what brian was doing but i i am interested in seeing where he's going but really what what donaldson is going to draw is 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 what i'm into so is this a mini or an ongoing i think it is a mini i think I, all i know is that the the 
the one shot or, or, or the 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 preview of it or the prologue that was in Dark Horse Presents is uh I you know what, I'll, while you guys are talking, I'll um I'll see what the last page of the uh of the preview says. See I dumped DHP way before issue eight. Yeah, here, here. Yeah, that same here. Yeah, I did too. No, 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 no doubt. It was uh I mean it was it was it, it, it was rough at times, but um Yeah, a little a little bit, but I mean, I know that every once in a while, Dark Horse will have sales. So I mean, if if I can get them for a couple bucks a piece, I'll probably pick up Dark Horse Presents again. But yeah. but um, see, when I noticed that they would be collecting uh, stories in in one shots, like they did with the Richard Corbin story, they published that in what issue? I was mm-hmm. like, so so why am I buying this eight dollar? Uh, what is yeah. it? Quarterly, bi-monthly, whatever it is. Oh, uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll just cherry pick. I'll just yeah. go and see what they collect and, and pull that. Uh, all it says the, 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 last page, <laughs> the last page. The last page. Oh says God, to, that shit. To, to, uh, to be continued in the massive number one. So I, I, it does not say if it's a, and and the cover of the first issue. If this is the cover, looks like the uh, their boat is. Um, basically docked on an ice floe. So. It all I know is that they're sailing, and that's really all I'm. I'm um, like I said, I have but, no idea what the hell. This but it, it tantalized you. It teased you. You want to see? It you want to really know did. more, right? That's absolutely. what it did. So, so, so good on you, Brian. Wood mission accomplished, right? Mission yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then good on you for Dark Horse. So you know, I like it. Truth, yeah, truth. You gotta love the Dark Horse. <laughs> Just wanted to let everybody know that Christopher Neesman and I have embraced the love that dare not speak its name. And we'll be indisposed for the next few weeks. Let's see what the old clock on the wall says here. Oh boy, we better start wrapping it up because once we get into Uh-oh. our yeah, once we get into our uh, in your travels, we're going to be uh, in deep. So, thank you very much, Discount Comic Book Service, for making this possible. DCBService.com. Get your favorite funny books and collectibles at Wumba Discounts. That means huge. 35 to 75% off your favorite uh, stuff delivered right to your door. Is secure shipping. They can't be beat. You don't even have to leave your house. Fire up the internets. DCBService.com. Boom. EOC 8 gets you an extra 8% off your already massively discounted comics. And in your, in your travels... What I would like you to do is is fire up your old iTunes Uh-oh. and and head on over to the double feature app. Mm. If you don't already have it installed, install mm-hmm. it because the sci-fi double feature number three just came out. It uh, as with all the double features, it has two stories. One, A. Einstein, Time Mason by Tony Don- Tony Donnelly, with colors by Jeff Zornow, and the second feature is written by. Michael Morici and Steve Seeley. It's called The Omega Family, and it's drawn by Mr. Tom Scholey. Scholey. Wow. So, yes, you need to get this. More dinosaurs, uh, anthropomorphic packet, uh, mammoths. It's, it's, it's all showy right in your face. There's the the splash page for Omega Family. There's a character pointing his finger right in your face. Just I love it. I love it. Love it. Love That's it, awesome. Mr. Showley. Yeah. And it's only 99 cents. Dude, where I uh, get, yeah, where are you going to go wrong? Cuz I I just read the um like a week ago I just read the uh, I guess the last one that they had put out, which was uh, like horror number 3, was it? I think. Yeah. Y- yes, number 3 mm-hmm. was horror. Yeah. Awesome. You can't beat it. Ninety nine cents for two quality comics. 
Yep. And and again, you don't even have to get up out of your damn chair. Boom, download it, read it, and love it. And it's our peoples. That's right. Yeah. They're do- Double feature does really good things. They it do, man. Really good. Oh, I, I'm I'm always. Uh, it's only 99 cents, so it's not like a, it's a massive investment, but I always feel like I get a tenfold return on yeah. my investment. Oh, it's what's great. Do you guys about feel that the, uh, the, the AR like stuff from Marvel Comics is a, is, is based on, um, the stuff that they were doing with Four Star? Uh, no. Not no. really. No. It's not as good, but I feel like it's they were like, oh, extra extra content. Let's see what we can do. Well, no, that's I think it's more based not... on the the DVD extras and the, that kind right. of thing. Right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, and that's and and when Vince talks about you know it's only ninety nine cents and you feels like I I love the extra features. I love you know pencils to inks to to lettering and 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 seeing the little comments that that the creators add to, to the pages. That's well beyond worth my 99 cents with the double feature. The AR stuff is, yeah, like Jason said, because I mean that, that's mostly like, that's more live action. And with, with, with the double yeah. feature stuff, it's just, it's it's what's on the page. Whereas with, with AVX, I can I can, ooh, I can watch, you know, Axel Alonso walk across the double page spread and exactly. things like <laughs> yeah. that. So I mean, it, it's not it's not, it's similar maybe, but it, it's definitely, I don't Better than looking at the Ramita art. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of the so-called motion comics. I, I think it's a, it's a waste of effort. If, if you're going to do sequential art, it doesn't need to move. Uh, we're big boys and girls. We don't need sound effects and, and motion in our comics. If, if, it may sound well, like for an end, your travels are getting into another realm, which is that it's yeah. not so much of what we need, but whether or not a, how do you get a new true. audience to pay attention to it? But they have things out there that do uh, similar uh, jumping through hoops as as a motion comic. They're called cartoons. You know, you should check them out. It's really cool. Don't get it. Uh, I so. your travels. I don't know if. Forgive me if if I mentioned it. Last week, and and because I, I would have crossed it off if I thought I did, but I, I want to thank if I did, and I'm thanking him again. Got to thank Gobo for the. Uh, I did think I do think I mentioned you did the the, the battery. Thank you yeah. again. So yeah, I just I didn't. I'm gonna cross it off now. So I'm just thanking him again. Uh, in your travels, didn't see much of him. Read, no, we didn't. Well, he was he was in town basically to, to he was eating. Eat. He was right. eating the entire yes. time. It was, so it was, weird. Yeah, so was, weird. They have food in Canada, you know. You can. Eat so, well, you know what's yeah. weird? He's like he's. It's funny because you would think like small world. He's like one of five people that actually watched this thing called hockey. It's like this <laughs> strange little. <laughs> what, what is that? Canadian, it's like this strange little Canadian Hot? subculture sport. They play. They play oh. with sticks, right? Yeah, I think Jeff. Oh, I thought it was brooms. What a weird sport. Uh, I'm going to suggest, I'm going to recommend, I'm going to tell you, you need to be with only two issues in Reed Saga. Oh, thank you. For the love of all that's holy. I mean, it's, this is, (laughs) this, the the second issue, it just, it continues the crazy, it continues the pretty. It's, it's a gorgeous looking book. Uh, the, the, the last page of the second issue, was seriously holy crap. I didn't I you could never I mean after after seeing the stalk, I had no idea what the hell we could expect or what this horror could be. Truth. But I get to the last page and I'm like, ain't that some shit. It was just Yeah. 
it yeah. seriously Different. freaked me out. And then I and then I go back a few pages to check out the stalk's tits. But it was just it's, I know. It's, 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 <laughs> I'd be so totally distracted at that. Okay, you can take me. Go ahead. Stick you know what out. though? You can get you can cop a feel real easy because she doesn't have any arms, right? She got those legs and that tongue, dude. Just nah, like that, keep her like just keep her busy. Through, to, wah, right through. up. Yeah, well, if you got the touch, you can just you know, maybe maybe they're not so sensitive, but <laughs> it's um, you know, and it's it's cool because I thought I'm over here thinking, reading the first issue, that the will's a badass, can't you know, no one yeah. can, no one can, and then he's like, oh well, so they have other players on the field, and it's like, oh, it's the stock. Well, I'm just going home. Fuck it, there's no point. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? I just you, like twelve pages back, you were like, you know. But yeah. uh, I, I guess that's to uh, slam the fact that she's really good home. It's really, really good. But it's yeah. it's uh, it's it's just it is a crazy world. I love seeing it unfold, and and you know, it's just it really is. It's so out there. It's it's something. It really is something different. I mean, everything yep. we talked about. We talked about Batman this week. We we talked about a French comic this week. We we we. Talked about a documentary. I mean, there were so many things that we already talked about. And even on the weeks where we're, we're kind of more into the superhero stuff, this is a complete 180 from that. You just, whatever yeah. you're currently reading, whatever is your top of the stack, this is the complete opposite, I can guarantee you. It's yeah, it's, and uh, it's that Mama's good. Huh? I'm not. Re- I'm not, not reading it. It's a good. Oh, dude, dude you need what? to read it. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I, I was. I was totally I planning I on trade. I was totally I, planning oh, okay. on trade. Yeah, no, that's cool. You can wait for the trade. I, I say, I wish we knew before we started recording because it would have been a non-issue. That would have been non-starter right there. But oh, yeah. Mario, no, he's not reading. <laughs> done. Next week, sorry. But I got to no. say one thing, Mama's hardcore. Oh, dude, but then they yeah. sleep, man. But oh, but well. the secret. That's secret. Yeah, you're right. Mama is hardcore. Yeah, Mama's then, hardcore. <laughs> she's well. Well, that made me spit up in my mouth. But uh, no, damn that bitch. Is, <laughs> that is my. That is my inner travels. Read, please. Read saga. Yeah, do yeah it. No unlike digging. unlike anything else on the stands, and and it's one That's of true. those rare instances where the buzz and the hype actually understates yeah, how good yeah. this comic is. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's a reminder of like all the lamentation we do about comics that don't really excite us oh. and a reminder of like how less sometimes is more like just read, you know, we all probably would be better served to just read less because the things we, th- there are things out there that are really special. Yeah. And sometimes we, 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 we dilute the value of them by reading a bunch of other stuff. That's just, <laughs> just, float just your boat. yeah. You know, but uh, I'm with you guys like, on that. Like events. Right. Yeah. 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 <sighs> yeah, I gotta Josh. check that out. I can't imagine that it's as bad as you say it is. No, I'm not, dude. I'm not kidding you. It's 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 literally an embarrassment. It it if if it it was almost enough for me to 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 not it's order any bad. Marvel comics for the first time in twenty. Like wow, really? it's an absolute wow. Oh my god! Now is it, could that could that be because he's kicking out the uh, the hit sure. girl stuff at the same time? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I'll That's tell you sad. this. I got. No, I have to look at it. There is zero question in my mind that he did not pencil all those pages. Okay. He must have done some really roughs, some like yeah. roughs on some of the pages. Because there are some that are classic. There are some panels that are classic JRJR. Yeah. Like, okay, that's him. And then there are others where the entire, it's as though he complete. it's as though he had a cerebral hemorrhage and forgot an Oh, shit. Oh, jeez. Oh, I, I was. T- shit. <laughs> 
I don't feel bad about the Paul Gillespie crap now. Thank you, thank you. That's exactly what I was just going to say. That's 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 it exactly. But no, Scott Hanna is the anchor, and I don't know. I'm used to I'm used to Dan Green. I'm used to Klaus Jansen. I'm used to other anchors on Bermuda Junior. I don't know how many pages. He and Scott Hanna have worked together. So I was so offended by this artwork that oh, I listened to a few of the podcasts this week that mentioned this comic, and they didn't they didn't insult the artwork, and it makes me want to not listen to the podcast. Anymore. Oh damn! How are you going to diss Ron like that? Exactly. I was like, what? I'm like, did you look at the same pages that? Well, maybe you could tell him about your your feelings on the air very soon. It's How possible. about that? Yeah, we might. Like, have to it's do that. very possible. It's true. So speaking of comics that are unlike anything else in the stands, there's another that uh, that in your travels you need to read if you aren't already, and that is Profit by Mr. Brandon Graham. Uh-huh. I know we've talked yeah. about Brandon Graham a lot lately. A little bit, but, yeah. Um, the, uh, the 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 first two issue the first two yeah, two issues were by Simon Roy, his buddy. The latest issue, which I think is number twenty four, right? Twenty four, twenty five. Um, the latest issue, whatever one just came out, is uh, is penciled by Farrell Dalrymple. Yes. And uh, it's different, you know, I mean, it's a different style, but it's equally amazing. And the story is just so phenomenally out there and creative. I mean, it's just, uh, and he just goes with it. There's no compulsion to wrap every scene up into a little button, you know, into a little bow. It's just, it's just stuff happens and you just go with it. So yeah. that is really awesome. And I did have to send a sec- quick second shout out to um, our buddies, uh, Brian Hurt and Colin Bunn, who have continued to to kill it with six gun. The latest issue is an homage to the GI Joe silent issue. Oh, stop. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. I mean, again, as someone who adores the classic hammer GI Joe and who adores the six gun, this was like, it was awesome. And there's no, cause I know a few people were like, Oh no, it's just a silent issue, but no, they actually, they actually call attention to Hama and the rest of the creative team. So it's, it's very much a, a direct homage to, uh, at least nice. the cover is in the, and the, the theme, but uh, it's terrific, and uh, so I had to give that a sort of throw in, in your travels. Mark so of good taste, awesome. doing homage awesome. to that issue. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had to unfollow Mr. Brandon Graham yes, on Twitter. Yes, you did. As, mu- as much as I love him, I, and, and oh, really? I adore his, yes, he has drawn, he has <laughs> yeah. drawn a, an, an exceptionally hard line in the sand yeah. on the on the Before Watchmen stuff, and I just, and I couldn't. It's funny. It's I, I don't oh, want man. it to, I, I don't want it to taint. My opinion of his work, I, 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 I won't have it. So, mm-hmm. and, and it, and it, it, it what's was. He, what's he saying? He's real anti, anti. It, it's, uh, it's like the, it, it's almost the Antichrist. If you're working on it, you're dead to him. The, uh, yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> now, 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 Vince, you're still following Eric Larson because he's very. I have sim- dropped Mr. Right. I have dropped Mr. Larson for similar reasons. And it's funny wow. because it kills yeah. me because because today, Mr. Brandon Graham, responded to my tweet from earlier today. Really? Mm. Yeah, yeah. What was your tweet? Well, just I was letting him know that because I I call dudes dude and and my initials are DAP. That 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 panel from King City is my form. Oh right, nice. yeah. He was just like, oh, that's fantastic. You know, I don't so, know if I'm no, I, I must not be following Brandon Graham because I don't recall seeing uh... Royal Boiler. Yeah, yes. I guess I don't follow him. Okay. Yeah, I love him. I mean, I think he's oh, shit. That. <laughs> Mario, what should people be reading? Oh, uh, in your travels, let's see. Um, Read a I'll go a little. I'll go a little mainstream since we stayed away from mainstream mostly, except for Batman Incorporated, I guess. But um, read uh, 
read this Amazing Spider-Man Ends of the Earth story. Yes. Oh my God, you are my favorite again. Um, it is. It the, the storyline's in full effect now. Um, Sinister Six is back, and they're uh, they're fucking some shit up, man. They're. Uh, this is no fucking joke. If you don't know, uh, I won't spoil anything really, except for like Doc Ock is is running everything, and he's uh, he's like the, the new Doc planet. Ock or the old Doc Ock. The, the 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 formed like dying Doc Ock. Okay. Uh, um, it's I mean it's still uh, Otto Octavius, but mm-hmm. um, he doesn't have the classic look. He's that you know weird. Right, form. right, yeah. But, uh, but he's uh, he's 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 like the master planner again. He got this big plan. He's uh, big pun? promising the promising <laughs> the pla- Yeah, yeah. He's promising to save the Earth from uh, global warming. But uh, he has some other kind of plans up his sleeve. We just don't know what they are just quite yet. But uh, but it's good. Uh, the, the, yeah, you're still crackly. The Avengers are in it because you know they're in everything right now. Um, and uh, Spidey has a new suit, which is you Silver know, Sable's in it. Silver Sable nice. in it. Um, yeah, and the, art, the art is slamming. I mean, the, it, it starts off with Stefano Caselli, and now and it goes, it's going back and forth, right? Like yeah. Caselli and and Ramos and Caselli and Ramos. But yeah, it's really it's 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 really good. It's really playing up uh, Pete's uh, scientific know-how, that, which and is what slot which is what slot's really doing, I guess. Yeah, the the ever since when when Big Time started and and Pete got the job at Horizon, Big Time. It's just, it's been, it's, he really, it, the, the whole, this is all for you, Uncle Ben, and, you know, and, and be being the science nerd, but this, it, there's no, it, it's a very even playing field between Pete and, and, and Octavius, because no one, no one really has the upper hand. Every time you think Doc Ock has, you know, planned everything out, then, you know, Spider-Man will be able to to figure something out, and then mm-hmm. Ox like, all right, well, you did that, so now I. Ha-. It's a very nice chess game, and 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 you don't really. I mean, I don't. Obviously, it's a Spider-Man comic book. I'm pretty sure we know how it's going to end, but I do not think Pete's going to emerge unscathed from this. There and 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 especially with the the subplots with Jameson and and um. Because he blames Horizon Labs and and Max Modell for right. for uh, for certain deaths and for endangering his son a few months back, and it's just it's there's the every the not just Spider Man but even his supporting cast everybody's getting attacked from all sides and and it's right. just, I think it's, that the way it'll end I, I mean this is just speculation but I think that when the storyline's over that Pete won't be with Horizon anymore I'm, I'm afraid of that also because he has been riding a wave of good luck for a very long time. As far no, as I'm, enjoy- I'm enjoying the Horizon stuff. I'm enjoying yes. it all. No. But it's got to, yeah, I mean, he still has to be no luck, guilt-ridden Peter Parker. I mean, that's just who the character is. And, and he's been he's he, he's been at Ver- he's been at Horizon. He's been doing good for a very long time in Spider-Man time. Mm-hmm. So and we got a movie coming up, so uh, we're going to have to get back yeah, to... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It's true. It's all about how and Peter David, gets kicked David. out of Facebook and... Yeah, to, uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> David, uh, how about uh, Peter Coldcock's Al Gore? Kind of. Seriously, you know? I saw that. I was just like, "Holy crap!" But yeah, it was. Yeah, he did. He he, he basically told Al Gore to shut the fuck up. But it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, we won't say much. But uh, right. and and that was. I don't know if I. It's well. 
he he wrote Mighty Avengers, but um, you know Steve Rogers wasn't around for that. But I don't know if Slot has a really good handle on the Steve Rogers Captain America. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, as far as his his um, his writing of all the other characters, everything's been great. His his Black Widow, pretty good. His Silver Sable is is fantastic. I mean, the yeah, band, she's great. She, is going on with with Spidey and and just it it really is a a um it's a pretty funky story that's that that's coming out and and I'm I'm reading as the Earth as it's happening whereas while Spider Island was happening I was in the process of catching up so I read a bunch of those issues back to back but but now I'm like I just I'm I'm chomping at the bit for the uh, for the next chapter it's it's great yeah, me stuff. Too. Anything that's rubbing me the wrong way is that on the covers. They're putting Spidey in his regular costume. Yeah, yeah, with uh, with with, with the, the expressionistic eyes and things like that. Welcome he, to the uh, world of modern comics, right? Where cover artists have no idea what's going to be inside right. the book. Even, right. even, yeah. even when the cover artist is the, the main artist for the first, yeah. first they get them done ahead of time. Still, yeah, yeah first uh-huh. solicits, yeah. And before I forget, um, I do want to. We do have a link on the forum for it, but you can go to. Uh, FutureProWrestling.com. There is a raffle oh, look at you. for uh, for cancer research in the UK. Uh, our boy Matt Bird, Mr. Templar, has uh, has all the information at FutureProWrestling.com. You can um, you can enter to win uh, some art from some fantastically talented people like like Slurmo, even. And and uh, and Dave Stowe, and, and and I mean, there's just there's you need to check the site out, and, and there's a link. There's they have a little banner header at the top at the um the top of the page, and you can see what uh, what's what there. But definitely check that out. I believe the raffle goes on until May fifth, so head on over there and and do what you can to um donate to to uh, cancer research. It's true, and also speaking of that. Um one of our we we had an episode some time ago talking about the great Filipino invasion uh, and one uh, of the kings of that group Tony De, De Zuniga, uh is uh is not doing well he had a stroke uh, a week or two ago and he's in critical condition uh in the Philippines and uh because of uh the location they they don't have any insurance coverage so he and his wife are in a tough spot needless to say so there are a bunch if you We'll try and put some links, but otherwise, just you can, if you hear this, you can go to Google and just Google Tony DeZuniga. And uh, I know Neil Adams is working on putting together a yeah. I uh, believe chari- Hero. Is, is, yeah, is- yeah, Hero's doing something, and there's a couple others out there too. Just um, and also there are some direct links as well to just you know to PayPal Tony's uh, family as well. But uh, but if you're so inclined, by all means, uh, the information's out there. But certainly uh, our thoughts to Tony and his wife because he's yes. a, he's an amazing, amazing artist who's had a, a, tr- a tremendously uh, important career in the last uh, 30, 40 years. So. Help a brother out. Yeah. Give back, right? Yep. Definitely. So there you go. Way yeah. to pull us on a downer there. Oh, we'll do it. Oh, you know <laughs> Just get a downer. It's, it's, if, we, if, we, if we can help out his family, then it's not a downer, right? Right, right. Right. But all right, so, so then so you it's know So it's to, an upper then. It's to very make, good. To, 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 um, I'll do some uppers. Because I do, because <laughs> I absolutely do. I do love Slurmo. Bob Gar is a fantastic artist. Check out slurmo.blogspot.com. Read Booze Hounds. B1. That is a, yeah, well, definitely order B1. But, you know, I, I was featured. In a, in a strip of booze hounds, so there you go. So, like Jason with ants, we uh, we, oh, yeah. 
We are webcomic stars, so there you go. Yeah. I'll take the giant green dick over your appearance any day. Wow. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's all good. Don't worry about it. I didn't want you to. So you were saying last week when you were driving across the country and he was giving you a gaffra. It wasn't, it wasn't a green dick. It was just... Oh, Mario's staticky now. It's contagious. <laughs> he, really is, he really is your brother. Run. And uh, before I forget, Zach Cruz has a very kind soul. Cruz. Cruze. Wow. I know. Yeah, you're right. If you're you met, you, you messed up, Dave. No, I did. Oh, that was funny. That's funny. <laughs> that, was, that, that, that was funny, Vin. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Zach, Zach. Dot, dot, dot. He's a very kind soul. He is. He's a good man. Speaking of that, Summit City Comic Con coming up in a few weeks. That's right. Thank you for mentioning that. You can find all the information there on SummitCityComicCon.com. Right. May 12th, right? Tom Scholey. The Grand Wayne Center. Yep. I would say I'm going to be there, but I'm not going to be there. Nah, not, nah. We were just passed through there. It was like, yeah. yeah. Too bad they didn't schedule it closer to C2E2. We could have just stopped there on the way back, man. Word. Yeah, I gotta time. say, man, Zach, Zach and uh, and and uh, Ben are hustling. They got a hell of a great um, list of creators coming. They sure do. Yeah. Ben's crying. even Gabriel. Gabriel's coming all the way from Cali. Yeah. Oh man, I didn't I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that. Is, is Karina gonna be there? I I don't know. I I I would hope so, but I I don't know for sure. She's not on the artist alley list. I don't think. But. Okay. Hmm. Maybe she's busy. She's busy being the brains behind that couple. That's for sure. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Well, no. I I think Gabriel's a very attractive man. He pulls. He's a handsome. He's a yeah, handsome. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. It's the hat. It's it's, it's the hat. Rusty Shackles is going to be there, by the way. Ooh. Your boy, Vince. I know. I have no idea what you're talking about. And, you know who will be there though? Andy Jewett. Oh yeah. Fresh off a of tough mother. You know it. Looking good. Am I still crackling? No. <laughs> okay. It's weird being on this side of it. It is, huh? <laughs> I'm sad so, I missed Andy at uh, C2E2. I guess he came out on Sunday, but... No, he no, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't oh, he didn't? Either, no. I brought something for Andy, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was hoping to, to see him, but it was Tom not... Tom Scholey will be there, too. I know. You said that already. That's okay. <laughs> I know. I Zach did. Cruz, I heard, heard Zach oh, Cruz will be there as well. <laughs> yes, Zach Cruz. Hillary Varda. Oh, Zach will be there, yeah. <laughs> I love Hillary. Forum regular Jim Nelson. Steve. Oh, yeah. Yes. Steve. Yep. There you go. Recently picked up by Dark Horse, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. And they put him back speaking, down. They said, man, of, you're getting uh, away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our boy Kyle Latino will be up in there. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. In double feature too. Calatino has a story in the uh, the horror one, right? Horror number two, I think it is, or I three. Think you're correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And was which was written by Karina. By Karina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it all comes back. It all does come. And back. And we hope you will come back next week and join us. We'll have Karina though with us for this little brouhaha. We'd love and to have you. Special thanks to Mario for for sitting in with for our missing co-host. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I guess you needed some kind of uh, foodie loving. Uh, asshole on the show. Well, I'll tell you, those 24 pictures you posted of your meal like girl and a goat made me at simultaneously <laughs> simultaneously thrilled that you took those pictures and also jealous of seizing, seething with jealousy. I posted man. them for you, Jason. They were all awesome. Oh, man. Thank you. They look delicious. Some good fucking food. Mind-boggling. All right, everybody. 
thank you for being here and uh, come back with us next week where we will have another special guest we're not going to tell you who but you got to come back and find out who's going to be yeah. mom that's right or just, or just read the Thursday show until you'll know it's true thank you Mario we love you so much thank you gentlemen the you love did. the forbidden love mm-hmm. that's right bye say bye 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 bye